here's the podcast to the show. You can listen to or know. Welcome to our Ted Lasso Talk, the Tedcast. Welcome, all Greyhound fans. Welcome, all you sinners from the dog track and all the AFC Richmond fans around the world. It's the Lasso way around these parts with Coach Coach and Boss. Without further ado, Coach Castleton. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Welcome to all our friends around the world. Welcome to all our buttercups and our wonderful listener community. Today, we are deep diving Ted Lasso Season 3, Episode 11, Part 7. Part 7. Um, I am so happy to be here with you today. I'm your host, Coach Castleton. With me, as always, is Coach Bishop. Barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. And our boss, Emily Chambers. This isn't related to the show exactly, but the underlying conceit of the TV show Full House is that it required two men to replace one woman. Like Danny Tanner's wife dies, and then he needs two of his buddies to come move in with him because otherwise they can't get shit done. Just going to throw that out there for maybe later, maybe a later reference. Mm Mm-hmm. I have never thought of I'm like it's all just mm-hmm, filtering mm-hmm, down mm-hmm. like at the the bottom of uh one of those those uh snow globes yeah. that, that Barbara has. It just kind of it's it all settling, landed I'm slowly. Like, that's Here, actually true. Here's the it? other thing. Huh. Same conceit on the this? TV show My Two Dads. One mom passes away, she has to send her daughter to two different men who might be her father. And those two men need to take care of her together. Mm-hmm. Well, boss, right. I, I think we can take a lot of comfort in the fact that that's fiction. Oh, sure. Definitely. And real world men are. <laughs> also, definitely. <laughs> ne- super never, never in real life are there two men no. who would need to, you know, like have a discussion each week with just one woman. Like definitely there isn't no. a case where one woman would be able to discuss with two different men all of the same stuff and make right. all the same points. That's not. Yeah, bad. no, that's just, that's just, that's, that's silly. Funny. That's that's like, that's foolishness. Mm-hmm. Um. And and with that, we can just j- jump right right on it. I, listen, I do love when you suggest things, but I wish you would stop. Of course, um, that makes sense. It's not uh, it's not it's not helpful, <clears throat> boss. Really, because um, then we'll start to what 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 good will come out of that? We'll analyze yeah. things. You know, we'll get we'll talk forever. Yeah, I mean, like if you if you do that, we run the risk of talking. Definitely, nobody wants to hear a woman talk. I know that for sure. But what yeah. I would say. <laughs> The other problem is that once you start thinking about like the underlying lie that men are significantly better at things than women, and that's why they need to be in charge, then it's almost like, oh, well, maybe it turns out that the ruling class has been oppressive for no reason. Maybe it's not because they're actually better. They just want to be in charge. And then it's like, holy shit, wait, are white people doing that too? Wait, what? Wait, white people aren't actually better at things? We're not. Oh We're super God. not. There isn't a fucking thing that white people are better at except maybe getting a sunburn. That's it. I, that's great. One. Two, I really did have this thought earlier today, and I was like, it's a joke. I'll Where am I going to tell it? And it turns out I'm going to tell it here. Isn't it yes. hilarious? My, my son was filling his water bottle. He takes to school with him every day. And isn't it hilarious that... Black people fought to share water fountains, which are gross in themselves, but yes. also 
with a group of people, a significant percentage of whom kiss their dogs. Like, what were we, what are we fighting for right now? What are we trying to do? No, it doesn't make any fucking sense. It makes absolutely no sense. White people are pretty gross, and we say everybody else is gross. (laughs) Like, we don't wash our legs, and then we're like, oh, but be careful. (laughs) Immigrants might have all sorts of weird diseases. Fucking, we have all sorts of weird diseases. Can I ask how this became a topic that people feel they need to like sound off on? Oh no, I don't shower every day. I'm like, why? I okay, it. I didn't ask you if you shower every day. I don't understand why I know whether or not you. Sh- how did this become a thing that people feel the need to like? I have no idea. Confess. I have absolutely what no is idea. Happening, and it's not a thing that I want to know. Like every time I see the discussion really? happening, I, I, I will not judge people if they decide to skip a shower every other day. I don't care. I don't have to smell you. That's on you. That's fine by me. But I don't understand why this is now a fight. Why it's like, you need to not shower every day or like, just fucking do what you want to do. It's fine. Please don't tell me about it. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. This is why we get along. We've, we've, we've come full circle here. This is a real kumbaya moment. Um, Thank you, boss. I really appreciate you sort of engineering that, 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 uh, the starting vibe here as we mm-hmm, come out of the mm-hmm, gates. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I too do not care about what people do when they do it. As long as they're not hurting anybody, uh, you do you, boo. All right. We're going to pick it up in uh, today. Uh, today's episode will start. Okay. Where we left off last time. Let's just catch everyone up. Um, we basically had uh, Roy Keeley and Jamie walking away from Jamie's mom. Um, and Roy trying to go in for one last one, <laughs> one for the road and coach on your rewatch. Did you have any change of heart? We had a little bit of talk yeah, about that. Yeah, No, it's, it's, it's very much with that in mind. As I watched it, it was very much the vibe. It was not the vibe I thought I was picking up in the first place generally. And certainly by the time we got to one for the road, <laughs> I got the sense that uh yeah he he wouldn't have minded sticking around uh sticking around there as Keely and Jamie headed back to the team but that was yeah it's very funny yeah it's interesting roy with a crush is a whole different sort of again it's this charming side of roy that we like and that uh i know god that moment when they play against type more more rosé please uh janice you know, he's watching with the yoga you're just like oh thank god like you know think about the moment where he had to confess to Keely, she's like, "Where have you been? You know, where, uh, you know, you just lined like she's been down this road. She knows how footballers are, right? But he's the one footballer. It's like I have a group of women. They're in their sixties. They have no idea who the fuck I am. <laughs> wait, but wait, like, but, not at all what anyone what? expected. It's beautiful. Yeah, and I love that she like you could see her fall in love a little bit that moment. Like she was oh my like, God. oh yeah, okay, yeah, we're headed to your house for sure." Oh, right. Yes. I mean, in lockstep, right? It's just lockstep. There, there's several moments of this between uh, the show does such a great job. They said, okay, listen, remember I said how terrible it is when characters on any show laugh, but the audience doesn't laugh. You're like, yeah, that's not funny. So when you're out of sync with the writing, you're out yeah. of sync with, with the out of sync with the production. That's a bad thing. In that moment, we are Keely. We are like, oh shit. Like, Holy fuck, we are <laughs> we are all surfing in the same wave at the yeah, same time. Great point. Right? And then you have this other moment like Roy Roy hears Keely upstairs with someone. 
it's been masterfully set up like through how shows go that like maybe she's up there with Jamie, like maybe. Right. And what, and then he finds her, Oh, okay. She's not up there with Jamie, but like she's kind of taking care of her business and, but she throws her phone, which is, which is pretty sus. Right. And then we find out <laughs> she's masturbating to him being emotional at his retirement speech. And you go, Oh my fucking God. Right. But, but the, the the emotional reality of that, and I certainly wouldn't want to swerve too far out of my lane with uh, boss here to tell us uh, with a little bit more authority. But my sense, having lived a little bit of life, is that women react to things about guys that are not the things guys focus on impressing women with. A lot of times like that's my sense that like the idea that oh i better hit the gym so my biceps are just right not that to say women don't like big biceps not saying that but i feel like i've seen more women say they loved how some guy was sweet with some little kid than i've heard women say oh but the biceps are. that's just you know i'm going to absolutely agree with you on that but only because i am a leg woman and so biceps are fine but that's not <laughs> not not what I'm interested in. It's not what I'm going for. How does how does it hit you, boss? When you it's funny because there's a there's this um I'm a leg man. Uh, I'll say that. And so uh, no, is it a shock that I, I, I is that there's some uh, the the Venn diagram of of my interests include uh, women's soccer? Apparently, yeah. I never thought of it till the second. But I'm like, okay, you're talking about like some seriously fucking unbelievable legs. But there was one, there's this, this uh, women, uh, female player who um, I always like, I, I don't always love a ton of tats. There's a lot, there's a lot of uh, women fo- footballers who have like full sleeves, everything like all the way up there. It's just like some real hardcore. And sometimes I'm like, whew, man, that that's a, it's an insight uh, into, into uh, whatever. Listen, it's great. I kind of love it. It's funny. Um, Jenna, when she came on the uh, QOB had like unbelievable tattoos. I guess it's like situational for me with tattoos. Sometimes you'll see someone and you're like, what is that a prison tattoo? Like, why not? Like how about put a little thought, whatever. Anyway, there's just one player who has all these crazy tattoos. And I was always like, I was always wondering about her. My God, she seems like really like almost not troublemaking, but she's like very, very independent, almost scary independent. Um, uh, And the other day she was, Oh, it's this whole, you know, this whole drama with the Spanish uh, women's uh, soccer team where, you know, they, they, their federation has totally destroyed them over the years and they're finally standing up for themselves and they're just all amazing. Um, and this one player's name is Moppy Leon and she has a tattoo like a, right in the front of her neck. You know, some people get a side tattoo or whatever. Right in the front of her neck um, is a tattoo, like it's words. And if you look at it, the tattoo says, looks can be deceiving. And I always liked that about her. I, so this is not, I didn't realize this recently, but she had to, they, the, the Spanish Federation forced her to go to some meeting. And then she walked out because she's just a really like, she's like, I'm not doing this. I'm not taking this. She's just so fiercely independent. And on the way out, like I kind of noticed her legs outside of soccer apparel for the first time. And I was like, oh my God, like, whoo, like Jesus Christ. Right, is that, right. Does it hit you that way, uh, boss? Like when you see like a, a dude have really good legs? Yes. And also, I'm extremely into tattoos. I, these are things that I didn't know about myself when I was 20. I, uh, 
wasn't into legs, wasn't into tattoos, did not care for a beard. And now a bearded tattooed man with legs. I mean, like good ones, obviously, you know, having legs is fine or whatever. Um, Yeah, no, uh, (laughs) fucking, I mentioned him on the show before, but Ollie Palmer from Wrexham not only has fantastic legs and not only has a lot of tattoos, but has a lot of tattoos on his fantastic thighs. And I'm like, well, hey, hey, thank you for doing all of that. Really appreciate it. So I don't know. It's Uh, I. I think it's funny. I, I wish. I, I'm. I'm sorry, Coach. I'm gonna just no, do it. Th- toss this in. There was something about the smile <laughs> on Boss's face when she thanked. I. That man's not safe. And I just think anyone who's listening who might know him, just look. If you're in Chicago, she's wonderful. Do what you like, but just know. You're not safe. No, just, that's all I'm going to say. It's very true. That's he like also like clean cut and like short hair. He looks like uh, sort of a Mormon from the head up, but then chest down is just like a uh, fucking Norse tattooed going to kill somebody. It's great. It's a great combination. Yeah. Right. That's really, yeah, that's a really good description. Um, yeah, no, it's funny. I, my, my, my feelings about tattoos have definitely changed over the years. I, it's funny because I don't, I think ultimately you're like kind of like, it's like, oh, does this work for the package or does this work for the, like coach has got some tattoos recently and showed, and I loved them. I'm like, oh my God, like they, it work it works. It's like, yes, this is what, this is right. I don't know mm. if, that, I don't know if that makes any sense. Sometimes yeah. like I, we used to have this friend um, and coach will start laughing. He'll know exactly what I'm talking about. He got tattoos like <laughs> as if he was trying to fill space. So like there was just shit all over his body, real white skin, yeah. and just this. And I, and I was like, I like I look kind of if we go swimming and take a shirt off, I, my head would turn like like a like a Dalmatian. I'm like, uh, um, yeah, like what? It was like, just it like, oh. like his back was a sketch pad. Like I was like, what? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then you just go, you feel like okay, whoa, all right, like whatever. Um, yeah. Do you remember? Uh, oh God, Jenna's like. Uh, octopus tattoo. That thing was sick. Yeah, it was so no, awesome. It's yeah. um, your your buddy sounds a little bit like uh, Adam Levine, Lean Seeger of Maroon Five. Uh... Somebody described his tattoos as he went into the tattoo shop and said, "Give me tattoos." Like, like that's it. Like, just whatever you have, go ahead and slap them up. <laughs> go for it. Whatever. For yeah. It. yeah. His at least. I'm telling. His at least have i'm not gonna oh my god we're not sitting here having me defend adam levine's tattoo that's that that's not something that's gonna happen but but at, when you if you saw our friend it literally the coach says is right it's like a sketch it's like oh under under my nipple i see some room let's put a bridge okay under on my forearm there's some let's put a, a dunkin donuts delivery vehicle you're like wait what is happening you're like you're like because it, 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 it was independent thing there was no connectivity whatsoever um you know that you know like clip art what clip art used to look like on a on a thing yes that's exactly great yes that's perfect description of of, captain clip art but i like the adam levine thing it's very but yes you are right there's also adam levine has gotten such abuse for the tattoos and i thought i was bracing for to see if you were going to say the thing i I don't know because there's there's like there are several tiers of 
dehumanizing brutality around poor Adam Levine's tattoo. Like where people just, I don't know why they, I'm not enough of an aficionado to know why they're terrible or what, but like there's something about them that has, that has sort of, sort of um, concentrated the, the, the popular psyche around, okay, he's the one that did, that has the bad tattoo or something. You know what I mean? Like something like, I feel like he gets mentioned more for that. Oh, there's plenty of horrible things about him that we could be, ridiculing him for the tattoos are probably the most visible but least offensive thing about him i um have i have i have i mentioned on this show before the my favorite thing that i've ever written my favorite sentence that i've ever written out and i'm sorry i'm sorry beforehand i oh my god I'm, 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 my 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 pain the pain in my body go ahead, go ahead. i wrote in a a writer's slack once that I my problem with Adam Levine was he seems a lot like the kind of guy who would pressure his girlfriend into anal sex and refer to it as lovemaking. And every part wow. of that is offensive to me. Everything about it makes me upset. Wow. But it seems a lot like who he is. I'm so happy. I'd like to remind Coach that this podcast was his idea. Yeah. Yeah, man. You wanted me to do this. Awesome. Hey, so what's Ted doing? I'm sure his girlfriend. Oh, let me awesome. say, let me just, Fantastic. let me, I'm, as my wind comes back into my body. <laughs> <laughs> one of our, one of our close friends, Coach and I have a really close friend who, it turns out, is close friends with that. Oh, no. And, and, and the word on the street, uh, like he casually mentioned this to me one day. I was like, "Wait, what?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm going out with my, my this my buddy Adam." I was like, "Adam, who? Who the fuck is Adam?" You know, oh yeah, the <clears throat> whatever. And I was like, "Oh," and I and I and like knowing all the the discourse on the message boards and all the th- and all the things you've said, boss or whatever. I was like, "Oh, okay." Like I don't know the dude. I don't listen to his music. I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure he's. I know I've heard music from Rune Five. I don't. I don't watch the. Uh, What's the show that he does with, uh, or maybe he did. I don't think he does it anymore. The voice. Oh, oh. Whatever. The guy's not in my, for some reason, there's not very much overlap. But according to my friend, um, who is a uh, uh, sweet, accessible white boy, um, he's a very nice person. Like, Like, uniquely nice and kind and... Um, sort of completely not at all what you think, like perfectly, perfectly nice person. I'm I'm 100% sure that that is true. And also that his persona is what I just said it was. Like, I'm sure that he's very nice. I don't, I don't, I don't actually think that he would ever pressure uh, uh, anybody into any sort of sex act whatsoever. It's just, if you saw him walking down the street, you would think like, eh, he, he might be a douche. And then he'd prove you wrong. And that would be wonderful. But the vibe he gives off is, yeah, I'm a bit of a dude. That feels right. Yeah. That feels right. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, on the uh, in the spirit of being uh, curious and not judgmental, we are going to jump into Ted Lasso. Uh, let's let's uh, let's pick it up at the. Um, at the <laughs> I cannot believe the conversation we just had. Um, we are at uh, t- uh, Ted's hotel room, and um, Keely is on the TV. It's like a great runner. Um, you know, we have her. Manchester is so much to offer when it comes to arts and culture. Um, 
she says the latest in workout technology, like yoga mats. Like she's got a, I'm sure she doesn't remember doing this in the Keeley, you know, the Keeley Jones world. God knows how many she's in every hotel imaginable. Um, <clears throat> she talks about the rainy city, Manchester, the rainy city is also known well for science and technology. Um, so uh, you'll split your sides at uh, laughing at Man- Manchester's many comedy clubs uh, and improvised murder mystery dinner theaters. So I, I just quickly, because there's so much to cover, but the fact that she goes from this is where Ernest Rutherford first split the atom and then says, and you'll split your sides laughing like that. That's perfect. Like we've all watched some version of this video and and the writing is just that cheesy and like I just thought it was spot on the the whole tone of it. But anyway, off we go, off we. Go. No, that is per- that's perfect cheese, perfect, perfect Velveeta, exactly what it is. Somebody knows has definitely heard enough of these on the writer staff to be like, yep, that's that's what they say. They would they would make some absolutely tangential <laughs> nightmare Oof. verb verb connectivity. Uh, and and roll with it. Um, all right, boss, take it away from here. Uh, what is Ted uh, doing? Uh, apparently, I, I feel like he was just getting out of the shower. I, I mean, not with a towel, but like drying off, getting ready for bed. Um, he has a text from his mom. Oh shit! Oh, I wrote Jean. Her name is Dottie. Her name is Jean on Brackmeyer. Shit, I called her Jean. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Boss wants, to, boss wants to be anywhere, anywhere. In my defense, again, her name was uh, Jean Brockmeyer Glasscock on the show. And one of the jokes she makes is, do you know how hard it is to have the last name Glasscock and Brockmeyer is still more embarrassing? And like, that's a good fucking line. You're not wrong about that. That's a good line. That is a good anyway. Line. They know how to write a joke. Oh, I've said it how many times? Nobody writes. Nobody writes. The joke writing on Brockmire is, is perfection. Next level. Really good. It's 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 so good. Uh, yeah, it's the master level. No, but so Ted has a, a new text from Dottie. The previous text said, uh, "I went to the bathroom and ended up outside, and now I can't get back in the building." And Ted responds, "Stay put, Mom. I'll come find you." Uh, I would like to shout out um, my sophomore year roommate in college. Uh, one of my five still, she had a friend from high school come visit us and she stayed in our room. We were on the seventh floor. And if you go into the stairwell, which is across the hall from the bathroom, you get locked out and then you have to go all the way down. And so our friend Taylor accidentally did this at three in the morning and found herself outside of the dorm room and unable to get back in. Luckily, there is a phone where you could just call up to the room and her drunk ass somehow still remembered our room number, called up and left a message saying, hey, so I tried to go to the bathroom and now I'm outside. All right, talk to you later. And then just hung up. And we- Talk to you later. The talk to you later. It was the talk to you later that got us every fucking time. We went and we retrieved her, but talk, talk to you later, I guess. It's four in the morning. I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway, so it happens. It does happen. Uh, Ted says he'll go find her. The text from today is, what's the Wi-Fi password again? And Ted responds that it's barbecue sauce, but cleverly coded with a, an at sign instead of an A. Uh, you good. And she said, I'm great. Don't worry about me. Kind of wish I'd gone to the game. 
that made he physically collapsed yeah. in the scene. Like physically, could see him go. Oh. Yeah, he couldn't and do I, it. I was I was with him. I was like, I want to bang my head against the wall, Dottie. I understand you're not doing this on purpose, but sweet Jesus, he he all but begged you to go to this game. Like even if you had that thought, why would you text it to him? I just oh that one that one got me. Well, I think the real reason why she texted that is that well, one she's passive aggressive, like. Midwestern moms of this generation, their go-to tool is being passive aggressive. It's just what they do. Um, but I think that she sort of wants to let him know that she does wish that she'd gone, that she'd been there for him, that she'd done this with him, but also doesn't want to be a burden on him. In the way. Yeah. yeah. So like it, it is her maladaptive attempt to be closer to him, even though it pushes him farther away. And he gets more annoyed. And this is what she should have said was, I screwed up. I should have gone to the game. Like she should have been direct. She should have just said it. But instead she does it in this way where it's like, but it's kind of your fault because you didn't make me. So it's, it's not as, it's not as straightforward as it should have been. Straightforward in my opinion is always better. You don't need to be harsh. You could just be accurate, truthful. Like just tell them exactly what you mean. Don't wrap it up in, but I'm going to, hide my feelings so that you don't know that I'm actually sad about this. Like just fucking tell him he's your son. Yeah. There was a, there was a bit of what you described there when she, it's like she, it almost felt like he didn't take her Mm -hmm. as opposed to she chose not to go. You're right. That's, that's, that is what got me. Yes. And then she is putting responsibility on him for something that he was outside of his control. And that regardless of the relationship is always going to piss me off individually. Like, I've talked before about accounting and having rights and responsibilities. And if this is my job, I will do it. And if it's not my job, you can't get mad at me for not doing it. Like it, mm-hmm. that, I, I can't mm-hmm. imagine that this is going to, um, th- th- this is not something you would have seen about me, but I have a weird issue with people in authority, not doing their job and trying to put stuff off on other people. Shocking. I understand, mm-hmm. but yeah, we wouldn't never, that. yeah, that's definitely right. that's not a, thing I deal with on a daily basis. But uh, so in this case, it like that would, for me individually, if somebody tried to do that to me, I would feel as triggered as he does. Like, it wasn't my job to do this. You can't hold me responsible for it. Okay. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I side when Ted side. So I get it. I was like, as soon as he was like, um, we get this moment, uh, where Blue Moon starts coming, we hear the, the fans uh, from Manchester City. That's their one of their anthems. Start playing pre-lap as Ted <laughs> sits on the bed, puts his hands in his face, and is like, Ugh. like it's like this defeated posture, uh, which is what all the great moms inspire. And um, we cut to a rising shot over Etihad Stadium, um, home of Manchester City. We hear all the blue moon singing. Um, th- oh man, I I got chills. I love this so much. You know that I was really partial to the soccer moments throughout this whole uh, series, but like now, this is the thing we had been setting up forever: is uh, the final match against Man City, which yeah, we know the 
Richmond uh, faithful know we can't beat. We cannot beat them for some reason. We just get to, no matter what we do, we don't have the horses. We could play the long game. Uh, you'd be destroyed. We could play the, you know, it doesn't matter. Every single option w- w- will not work to beat this team. We do not have the horses. We, um, and quick, go ahead, quickly, coach. I'll say that city, city, the relationship with city is such that, that's where they send like basically they treat Richmond like a minor league team in in sort of American baseball terms, right? Like, oh, we got this kid; he's really talented, but he's probably not going to play a lot. Hey, why don't you take him? He'll totally be the best thing that ever happened to your team. We can't even find a spot for him on the field or on the pitch, and so we've gone from that relationship to what we're about to experience. So I just want to sort of. Talk about a journey for the for Richmond as an organization. Yeah, right. No, no, excellent point. Richmond is one of those teams that may or may not get relegated, whereas City is 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 in the in the in the um, in the vein of United and Chelsea and some of the other other powerhouses. Liverpool, like they're not they're not getting you know <laughs> they're they're in it for the Champions League. Right, they're right, not right. gonna they're not gonna get kicked down to the next tier. Um, so yeah, it is that dynamic. Um, we, we, uh, sort of track, uh, this shot over the crowd, then up to the owner's booth where Keeley says Richmond should have a classical song for our fans to sing. Um, and, um, the, and you get this, this beat from Higgins where he says, oh yeah, we did when Freddie Mercury, uh, briefly owned the team in, what was it? 1990. Um, and, um, what what is the uh, in nineteen eighty? I'm sorry. Um, and he tried to make what song part of the uh, culture, Coach? Fat bottom girls. Yeah, so uh, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, okay. I, I mean, we we've talked about this on the on the on the rapid reaction. I don't I don't think I understand. I remember the song, and I probably can sing along with it. Because it was like very popular at the time, but I still don't ever think I understood what it was getting at, or <laughs> I might have just missed out on this one. Like, okay, all right, like, like what the joke is, or about, like what the song is about. Yeah, what? I don't. I don't really don't really even know what? either. No, no, the joke I get on this in this thing, but like the song, I'm like, it's about girls with big butts. Like that's what that's what this is. It was. Um, it, it was. Uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot before Sir Mix-a-Lot did it. Like, uh, it, it, nice. Well, especially given that sometime in the 70s ish, it really peaked hard in the 90s. But this idea that the ultimate ideal of feminine beauty is being as thin as a 12 year old boy and having no breasts and no hips, and like Kate Moss developing sort of the heroin chic yes. look where yes. it, uh, I, I am not body shaming anybody, especially as a woman myself who used to be, I considered painfully thin. I was always like, I need to just eat like two or three more Sammies and then I'm going to be at that that place where I'm good. Um, but a celebration of this idea that having a giant ass is actually good. Having a small ass is fine too. Like any ass that you have is the ass that you have and that's great. But the ways in which curvier women with big boobs and big butts and big hips had been taught for a very long time that they were not good looking, that their bodies were not beautiful. And this is like a, no, no, butts are good. Big butts are fine. We, we like a big butt and you do make the world go round. 
or okay, as it says in Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. it's all sweet to be neat and petite, but if you want to feel the heat, then she got to have some meat. Exactly. That's that's exactly the other thing that I was going to reference. That is. That is <laughs> That, that part of the Bible always confuses me. It just doesn't feel, <laughs> feel like somebody yeah. somebody ran into one of the monks' quarters and scribbled scribbled in some extra right, right, lingo right. there, Coach. I don't know. Um, okay. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, okay. That's good. That's great. Um, I. Uh, I, I okay. I, I have to go and re-listen to this song because I I hear what you're saying. I think there was a, it was there was you had a Rubenesque for a long time. You know, like Rubenesque was was a standard. Then you had was it Twiggy? I'm trying to remember back in the sixties. Yes, Twiggy. Tiny. Right, and then it was like this this plank sort of look, and then that went out a little bit. Then Kate Moss, mm-hmm. and then you had uh, oh god, uh, Megan Trainer. I remember had a song about yeah, uh, all, all about, about that, that bass. bass. Mm-hmm. We had yeah, like Big Bus and I Cannot Lie. We had like uh, the the. I, I'm not a fan of the term "junk in the trunk." Um, yeah, it's, it's weird. Not, yeah, <laughs> not a not it's, a. It, is it rolls off the tongue. I'll give you that, but it not not my favorite. But yes, so uh, and, and we're here to say like wh- whatever you have is whatever yeah. you have. Like we, you know, it, this is and crazy. I don't. If you were not um, a teenage girl sometime in the '90s or early 2000s. And not all of these memories will be as, I guess, ingrained uh, in your brain as they are for some of us. But there's stuff like Britney Spears at the VMAs when she was trying to do her comeback. And the performance was bad. Like, girl was going through some shit. The performance was not going to be good. But in addition to the performance not being good, they were like, wow, she is so overweight now. She might have weighed like 120 pounds. Like, she was not. She was not fat. They had mm-hmm. something on Twitter the other day about... Mariah Carey in the early 2000s, looking absolutely stunning in every way imaginable. And the caption underneath it from the actual magazine when it was published in the year of our Lord 2002 was about how plump her thighs were and that she, you know, needed to work on that or she needed to wear a longer dress. And I'm like, what in the absolute fuck are you talking about? Like, she's a size six. So we have this like bizarre sort of a lot of Americans do struggle with their weight. And that's because we have a shitty healthcare system and a capitalistic food system. And instead of addressing that, we're like, well, this celebrity broke 100 pounds. So she's obviously a fat ass. It's terrible. It's the worst shit. Yeah. Uh, there's there, there's so many tiers to this thing too. Um, eventually, we're gonna have a I have a friend who is an expert in this stuff, and she talks about you know, body consciousness oh. and stuff. But also like how the connectivity between white supremacy, yes, and, and health, yes, like it's like a really 100%. weird. You're like, wait a yeah. second, what? Like, and I was like, I, and he, and I and I I reach out to her before I write anything about. Uh, weight or about like looks or I, mean, I just go hey spot check this and she invariably and I try to be as best as, as best as I can about like be hitting all the right marks and she's like no 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 you this you can't say this this way you can't say because uh, it's it's hard to track all of the insidious stuff that and the connect connectivity between like body image stuff mm-hmm. and not uh, and like a sort of not being an acceptable member of society. And, you know, she would always say like the, the, the like uh, running a marathon. I, and I, I've, I've definitely talked about this and I think it was season one running a marathon 
and watching people run a marathon on television are morally equivalent. Yeah. But in yes. this, you know what I mean? Yes. Right. But I'm like, wait a sec, what? And she's like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. like people who are healthy are not morally superior. Yes. Right. If someone who eats kale is not better than someone who eats Twinkies. Yeah. Like, wait, wait a sec. What? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, hold on. Like, so there's, there's a lot to it. And um, eventually we'll have an expert on here to, uh, to just kind of walk through that. And because it's, if you don't know, yeah. you don't know. Um, but uh, therein lies the joke somewhere in flat, uh, sorry, fat bottom girls didn't work out. Did a bunch of people get offended? And Higgins says, what, what's the, what's the punchline to this, this uh, piece de resistance? Just the flat bottom girls, really. Yeah. I also thought that was a, a commentary on this moment in that we're now to a point where more of the comment, I think a lot of the commentary would be in the direction that you were pointing to there, coach, of people being like, well, hold on a second. Why are we focusing on women's body? You know, like there'd be like a pushback in that direction. And that the complaint wasn't any of that, but it was almost. To me, the joke lands almost like there was like a jealousy element or like, I don't want to be, you know, so I thought, anyway, I thought it was a a little bit of a tweak on like, what would be offensive about it today? Or what would be the problem with it today? And what was the problem then? Yeah. Which seems like, no, guys, you're totally, this is wrong. Like, like you even got the, you even got the, the, the pushback wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And and the, the pushback is always interesting to me. This is. I do not want to make it equivalent to Black Lives Matter because Black Lives Matter is about how black people get killed. No, by no, cops. do do make it equivalent. Yeah, no, 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 do make it you? equivalent. No, just say it's the I same. Let me like tell you about Black Lives Matter. Hold on, like exactly. Thank you. We this is what honest. I was going for. This is what I was hoping for that somebody would make it equivalent. Coach, coach correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, but <laughs> I, it's the no, same. It's exactly go ahead, boss. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Um, I don't want to make it the same, but. As soon as people started saying like, hey, Black Lives Matter, so we should not kill unarmed Black people and we shouldn't let the cops do it. And this is a bad thing. Then there was immediately the, well, all lives matter. Why doesn't my life matter? It's like, that's not what we're doing. Like saying, if you have a big butt, I'm into that is not saying, and all you flat butt bitches deserve to die. Like these are not the equivalent things. Like we can celebrate one thing and that doesn't mean that we are trying to punish your thing although like even though that is the truth also what society does do is say whatever you are right now is not right if you're a woman whatever your body type is it is not right it doesn't matter and they will do a thing where they will say like if you are super skinny like kate moss you're not skinny enough or you're not hot enough or your hair isn't good enough or you need to use this primer on your skin to make it better. You are not good enough, even if you're like this. And then they'll switch it and say like, Beyonce is the hottest person, but your butt isn't big in the way that hers is. She works out more. You need to make sure that you're tight if you're going to have that big of a butt. Why are your boobs through every single thing? It's never enough. And also they pit you against supposedly the opposite side so that you will be pissed off yes. at a skinny woman instead of pissed off at the, the beauty industry. Yes. It's yes. horrible. Everything you just, I, and I like that you pointed out like the, it's not even a moving goalpost. Like it's like, it's worse than that. I mean, and, 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 and the pitting is so real. Cause uh, Monique, who there's lots of, lots of things to talk about, about the uh, comic Monique, but at any rate, 
actress. You know, she's she's very talented. Also, seems 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 mercurial to to, to quote uh to, to, to quote Ted there. But um, she had a whole thing for a very long time about skinny bitches, mm-hmm. and it is so it's so based on what it was like. You just like you just brought that right to mind because it was so based in that back and forth that you're describing. Where I'm like, what'd she do to you? She's all she did was grow up and have the genetics she has or, or yes. I don't know, work out like a fiend or not or not. I don't know how she got. But, like, why are you mad at her? Like, what would she do to you? Right. And and it's that pitting against, yeah. Well, nice, it's uh, nice a call. lot easier to keep us under your control if we hate each other. If we see women as competition mm-hmm. instead of collaborators, it, we're much mm-hmm. easier to handle. I know. I know I shouldn't be saying quiet, this out loud. Quiet. Just wait till oh I tell God. you about class you know warfare. It's fucking what? wild. Do you know what? how many like questions I'm going to have to answer at the local white man meeting next week? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I mean, actually, I'm gonna that. say zero because men never ask questions. They always have the right answers, and they always know for sure. Um. <laughs> Not all men, boss. Um, <laughs> well, actually. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Great. Uh, oh, it's fun because it's the fucking worst thing in the whole world. Um, okay, so uh, we're going to get to this. Uh, we, we, we're coming to the flat bottom girls joke. Now we get a joke that utterly confounded Coach, which is so exciting. Uh, my father went to art school. I remember Mercury, this, yeah. says, says Rebecca. Remember this, Coach? Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone it literally had had Coach googling. I think we. I think we. If you listen to the rapid reaction, it's like in real time. He's like, "Oh, okay." Uh, everyone always talks about his amazing four octave vocal range, but my father always insisted that if you actually asked Freddie what his great greatest talent was, he would have said, "What, boss?" Flipping straights. Flipping straights. To which coach is like, oh, he's a poker player? Okay, huh. <laughs> I was so confused. I really, I remember <laughs> listening to the rapid reaction being like, oh my God, people are going to think you are a true moron. But I really was like, I was so low. I Googled it. There was like a fishing reference. I was like, I, don't, I have no idea what's happening. Anyway. <laughs> how would you know? That's the thing. It's okay because how would you know if you don't know? I, I, like, didn't, listen, I'll tell you something that occurred to me two days ago, literally. Um, I was like Freddie Mercury as yeah, Lisa and Queen. I was like, wait, oh Queen, oh oh Queen, Queen, not like royalty Queen. I'm like, oh, Queen. I'm like, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> how did That's how great. did that elude me right, for, for half time. of a century? Right, right? like right, right. it just never ever. I guess when I was little and I, I heard the band Queen, so I was like, oh Queen, like, like that Queen. King. Like, where's the band King? Yeah, like I, I'm like I was, you know, what seven? I don't know. I was little. That's great. That's really great. And then it just occurred to me, like, oh. So anyway, Coach, I'm with you. We can't know everything, man. I don't know where where it's written that we're supposed to get everything with the first shot out of the cannon. Um, we try to own that. We try to own it and say, listen, this is why we this is why we talk things out. So now I know what, or I've stumbled upon <laughs> fifty years later the actual meaning of the band's name, and uh, Coach uh, now knows about flipping mm-hmm. straights. Uh, come on, Richmond. All right, so take us, take it away here, boss. What is going on uh, right uh, now? The game is starting. Everybody's excited. Uh, Keely and Rebecca are on their feet before Higgins could actually like recover from 
both what Rebecca told him and understanding exactly what's going on. Uh, they're both shouting, uh, you, you lads still have a way. They cut to the bar. They're showing the excitement there. Uh, PB and J are talking, said, hey, thanks for saving us a seat. How long have you been waiting? May let me sleep here last night. How many beers do you want? Three May. It seemed interesting that they only asked for three. This seems like a situation where you order the nine and you just keep them stacked waiting to go. But that's me. Um, <laughs> that is you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's I never have ordered more than one. So indeed, really in my entire life. Oh, okay, I, no, I, 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 never. I definitely ordered. <laughs> I have definitely been like, I'm, yeah, okay, we've are. established. I am not yeah. a drinker. We've yeah. established as not what I do. Um, all I, you know, I'm not a, uh, don't boss is the resident drug user. Sure. Well, no, maybe I don't know. Coach doesn't do the the shit that boss does. Um, so I'm not the resident drug user or the resident drinker. Right, right. And I am the resident prude. So I'm I'm a fun person to have yeah. on the podcast. You're bringing all. Like, bring I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I talk about literally fantasy football and how I really don't like those children that have tattoos. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Those, yeah. So uh-huh. I'm a I'm, I'm a lot of fun. Um, Maybe I'm on the wrong podcast, boss. I'm just might be. I mean, is know? there a? I might. Maybe I'll start a men's rights. Yeah, podcast. I was wondering if there's like there a. You go. I don't like sex, drugs, or rock and roll. Come listen to me talk. Can you do one of those? I, I, I listen. I do like. like sex, I do like sex. Okay. I do like sex. I just find it. I find it. You know. Yeah, that's right. I just. I find it elusive. You know. It's just. It's almost. It's almost around the corner. Uh-huh. I'm. I'm not looking at behind. You know, boss. It's, I mean, you have an internet things. browser, right? You could you could find the sex there. It's out there. You could find you could, you could find, find the sex. sex. <laughs> I, I, and um, also, I should probably mention if I am at a restaurant, I am not like double fisting or anything like that. It's if I'm at a concert, I'm going to go up to the bar and get two drinks, and then it, during the song that nobody knows because it's coming off of the not yet released album, then you go to the bar and you get your third. That's how you do it. Those, but those two drinks are for oh, you. Oh yes. Okay, right? Because you, okay, yes, because you have an anticipatory understanding about. Like, I'm going to drink this one. I, I, I ingest this, and much then I'm going to drink the next liquid. one. Right, 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 right. And I don't want to have to take two walks for for yeah, two no. drinks. I take one walk for two drinks. Okay, I mean, it's, it makes it perfect. It's smart, actually. I just, I just, uh, I don't have the. It's. I, I don't even have. What? Even to this date, I'm like, I don't know how many. Whatever, I can still drink. I was you know, whatever. It's fine. I. I mean, it's just I, if whatever. you. Yeah. If you only get the one drink and then you're at the bar when the national starts playing, I need my girl. How quickly are you going to be able to get back to your seat to watch one of the little twins slam his guitar into the ground in order to make that really cool noise? Because that is a thing that if he does on the stage, it's either Aaron or Bryce. I would need to double check which one. But he slams his guitar head like long ways just against the ground. So it makes this weird vibrating noise. You can't miss that. You need to be there for that. Jesus oh, Christ. it's so okay. cool. Fuck. It's so cool. Wow. It's great. Doesn't it hurt the guitar? Who cares? Right. It, you need it for That's the so song. Funny. It doesn't matter. I have a, my nine-year-old, we watch a bunch of movies with her, and she always worries about inanimate objects. Like, I think we were, they were watching a Marvel movie the other day, and she's just watching, and there's like you know, some destruction in New York or whatever. You know, like something's getting just, just totally destroyed. It's like one of those big space creature aliens in the marvel movies and it comes down to like slams and takes out a whole city block and and she goes those poor cars (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> so I was worried adorable. about that. I was worried about the car. I know. That's yeah. really um, okay. So yeah, that's uh, the, so, I'm worried about the guitar. I guess. Um, but yeah, it doesn't matter. It's, it's really very cool. extremely cool. I yeah. didn't care right, for the cool. song until I saw it live, and then I was like, oh, I fucking get it now. All right. Um, so actually, in the same way that uh, I was thinking, you need multiple drinks before that song comes. Uh, May says, "How many beers do you want if you can't order again before halftime?" And altogether, they say twelve. So good job, guys! You did you did pick up what I was putting out there for you. Well, that's good. What I'm saying is, you guys have an you have an understanding. You say, "Okay, I know. I, I basically I'll get four beers in me before I'll get eight beers for a game, generally, mm-hmm. or maybe it picks up later in the thing. They definitely go down easier once you've had uh, a few, especially couple, something like yeah. beer. Yeah, yeah, like whew, I just have to say very quickly, years ago on uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz, which I listen to because I'm a middle-aged white woman living in Chicago, one of the rapid questions was soccer fans in Australia were outraged that a law had changed to limit the number of beers you could order in one game to what? And so the guy answering said, I, I don't know, eight? And the answer was 20. Australians were allowed to only order 20 beers in one football game. And they were outraged by it. I love it. Fucking Australia knows what's up. Prohibition. Yeah. What are you? Australia. I mean, what in the world? What are we coming to? It is fun in Australia. <laughs> I've been there twice, and oh my god, it's so much fun. Um, it's different, different, different way, boss. You'd like it. You would really like it. Um, okay, so uh, welcome everyone today. Manchester City host AFC Richmond. Arlo says first ever win at the Etihad Stadium for the Greyhounds. However, unlikely leaves the door open next week for Ted Lasso's men to complete the Cinderella story their fans have been dreaming of. I am here for it. I am like yes, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm like I'm have- here for it. I, yeah. I've oh been dreaming god. of it. Yep. I again will say how much I think Arlo kills it. This whole I don't I think he's note perfect. I don't think he gets anything wrong. His voice is exactly what a sportscaster sounds and feels like, and tonally it's on point. Um, uh, oh, there he is. Look at him. The G- oh, there the city faithful are letting. Uh, oh, oh, there he is. Look at him. Are, are from the fans. Um, and uh, the City Faithful are letting Jamie Tart know how they feel about their former player who left them for reality television. And how are they? How are they? How are they letting him know, uh, Coach? Oh, they are booing and jeering, and yeah, he gets a full-on welcome home, dickhead, which was sweet. I, one one thing, and I, let's keep it moving because we're one scene in. Um, but I did think I'm glad that it said left them for reality television. And I sometimes have to remind myself when we're talking about these people who are in the public eye and we think we know so much and we understand exactly why they've done this or why they've done that or what an asshole they are because of it. Like, we don't actually know a lot of times. Like, we cannot like what they did. You can like that he left man, that he left city. That's fine. But just knowing that, no, it had nothing to do with city and it had nothing to do with reality television. Um, it's sort of an interesting, yeah, interesting place to be. Yeah, no, no, you, you don't know. You don't know what goes on. There, there's an NFL player that just got punted off his team, traded for a bag of chips to another team. And I'm like, Coach, I know you know who I'm talking about. His name is yeah. Cam Akers. Oh, my God. And I'm like, how, how, why? Like, what just happened? 
you know, they're just like they parted ways with them. And I'm like, it's so hush hush. Like you never hear what happened. And I'm like, it's something weird, man. It's it's something yeah. like yeah. like where they're like, you know, his coach just pulls him aside. Like, listen, you can't keep uh, bringing clowns into the, into the <laughs> facility. You know, it's like, it's that weird. It's yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. so weird yeah. that even in football circles, like it's not talked about. Like, and then he, and then he's like, okay, coach, uh, I promise no more clowns. And then late night they walk and turn the lights on the locker room and it's him sitting silently with 14 clowns. And you're like, I, I thought we, we got to get rid of this, this. guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's gotta be that weird. Cause yeah. you just don't see it. You never know what happens. A la Roy Kent's beautiful speech. Uh, it's none of uh, my fucking business. Um, Outside of, uh, you never know. You never know. Uh, and the show has uh, purposefully addressed that. Um, I, I forgot to say, um, when, oh, there he is. Look at him. This is like a quick cut to um, Jamie's mom's uh, living room where she's sitting there. Um, Simon is apparently back from his laboratory and the, wa- gracefully, graciously watching the game with her. Um, Jamie comes in. They walk in in two lines, single file, which is what they do. Um one thing I love about the women's game is they tend to walk in holding hands with little like young players and kind of pass the torch that way, which I really like. Um, the uh, Jamie pauses and looks up to the stands, and what's he looking for, boss? Hey, what is what is he looking for? Yeah, who is he looking for? Is he looking for anybody oh, in specific? Oh, right. In yes, I. He- this part always kills me. He's looking for his dad. He's wondering where his dad is. Yeah. And it's not, see, when you said looking for, I was like, well, that's a good thing. Like looking for someone. Right. right. I, I was like, it, it felt like the way he right. was right. looking in the stands was like scanning them for danger, not looking for the face of his dad. So yes, that threw me off. He's looking for James Hart senior. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, uh, I, this is, I don't know which character this is, but sp- stands up and gives him the finger. It's not, it's not bug. Is it, is it the, or is it the other guy? I don't know. The other guy, maybe. Is that one of his dad's friends? No, 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 no. It's a different guy. You sh- we see the friends later. Okay. So this is just a random, yeah, random yeah, fan. Just, yeah. Okay. Got okay. It. Got it. Okay. Right. Okay. So uh random fan. Welcome home, dickhead. Perhaps not the homecoming he might've dreamt of. Um, so, uh, we continue on. Uh, Jamie does not see his dad out of the gate. He's kind of uh, he's so good. Phil Dunster, Jesus Christ. He looks, he looks like, you know, a little, little, little sort of disheartened. Uh, you know, when, when his shoulders are down, he, he's, he's still not, um, yeah, he's still not the, the Jamie Tart of old, despite like a, a refreshing sort of recovery, uh, visit to his mom he's still quite not quite um or not at all really he's not really jamie yet uh the jamie we knew ted notices this says oh boy um in in the locker room uh jamie's mom says come on son that's it uh that's it fucking bastards um arlo continues uh said he can clinch the title with the win today a loss makes things interesting next week we find out in minutes it starts now and in 90 minutes it starts now um, okay, so uh, we all right. Before we start, anything else, guys? Any any insights? I was fucking giddy, giddy at the, like dying for this uh, for the whole series. I'm dying for this to happen. It so, felt so it sad. felt like when a big game is happening in life for me. I mean, like I know it's a show, and I know they filmed it, and they made up what's going to happen, but it, not for me. For me, 
we're here now. Come on, let's go, Greyhounds. Yeah, that that's where I was. That's a real feather in their cap because that's hard to do. It did feel like it, it felt like game time. It felt like, oh my, I was nervous. I had butterflies. I'm like, what is going to happen? Yeah, boss. Well, his highlights definitely are not blonde. That's clear in in this lighting. Obviously, it's honeycomb. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about? Of course. Yeah, duh. Uh, okay, so we're in on on uh, Danny. He kicks kicks the ball back, and we start the action. And this is really good. There's some like drone footage here. It looks like there's some like interesting sort of uh, you know camera angles, real low camera angles, really interesting shots that I, I loved. Um, and right away, what happens? Like Jamie Tart gets ball, and then the first defender on him does what, boss? Is this uh, when he sort of slide tackles him? Yeah, just like, like they just right on yeah, him right away. They just bo- yeah. bo- they body him right away, and it's hip to hip, and just kind of knock him over. And you know he, he he recovers his balance, but you know Arlo see Arlo's oh clattered. Uh, talk can expect a lot of that today, says uh, Chris. Okay, so this is going. This is what's going to happen to Jamie. This is what this is what you do. When you know, coach, there's so many terms for this. Go stink on somebody or, uh, you know, you you say like, okay, whenever he touches the ball, you hit him. I don't care. You don't hit him enough to get a penalty, but you just let him know you're there the whole time. And what is is behind that uh, philosophy? Well, you definitely want to frustrate them and take them out of the – you want to take that best player out of the game, right? So like you said, in different sports, you might do it different ways. But I've definitely, you know – I, we, like, you know, when I played football, I remember, you know, there'd be quarterbacks we played against. It was just like, if you get, if, if you have, the ref's going to give you two steps, use them. Like, it wasn't like our coach said that, but we, like, we knew that. Like, we were like, if you get a chance to, to knock this kid down, knock him down. If you get a chance to just make him think about something other than how great he is and get him upset, do it. Um, basketball, same thing. Famously, there were the Jordan rules uh that the Detroit Pistons had for Michael Jordan and they would just like they just battered him like he they are why he started lifting weights regularly that's a thing so yeah you just really yeah you just you just rough him up let's see let's see let's see let's see what you got let's see how tough it's really see how mentally tough you are as much as physically tough that's exactly what I was going to say um well said, Coach, and and I'll add to that that most of the rules for most sporting events are all around the physicality and the physical. The, the policing happens in the phys- realm of the physical, and very little happens in the realm of the mental. Now, in the NFL, now there's some taunting penalties and things like that if you go overboard. But in general, they're going to let you play if you can get inside someone's head. It's considered part of the game. It is considered fair play. Um, so right away they're going to try to get to take Jamie. If they can take him out of the game mentally, they don't need to take him out physically, coach, right? Exactly that. Exactly that. And and I'd say that early on, you know, you see him, you know, he gets knocked down, he looks around like kind of, you know, like, where's my yellow card? And uh so for a moment I was like, oh no. Like early the coach in me was like, oh God. Like, no, 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 no. Jamie, play the game. Don't get upset. Don't let them see. And certainly don't let them see that you're getting upset because then they could knock the crap out of you all Absolutely. 
Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, don't let do not let them know they're getting hit. Oh my god, that's a that's the worst possible thing. Um, yeah, this is this is exactly uh, what they're trying to do. And so um, right right away, he he's unfortunately taking the bait, and, and there's only one bump, like one little bump, and and they sort of already are kind of messing with him because he's not Jamie Tart right now. Um, and if the sense you have about this team is if he's not Jamie Tart soon. They're not going to win this game. They can't. They need him to be the player he was, not the player he is right now. Not the guy saying, "I apologize to everyone, especially the kids <laughs> <laughs> for scoring." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so um, we cut quickly to a taste of Athens. I really hated this cross cutting. I know why they did it. I did not want to be taken out of the moment, and I certainly didn't want to go to a taste of Athens. Um, but I so I definitely understood it. Uh, Nate is waiting tables. Here's some complimentary nuts, and I'll be back to get your drinks. Okay. And Nate turns to see. Um, uh, now, now we have an insert of him watching the game, still nil nil, uh, on the eleventh minute. Uh, physical play from City as Tar pushes Richmond forward. Uh, we just watch. Um, we watch Nate watch the game, which is li- like. Almost remember we talk about how many no nos this show does. Like, yeah, one side of a phone conversation, inserts of texts. Like they they break every rule that you're supposed to have, or they teach you in film school. Like, do not do this. Like, whatever you do, this does not work. Watching Nate watch a TV away from the game, and you're like, what? We we, we were just there, right? Right? Right. That 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 is uh, that is. That should instantly uh, de-emphasize the importance of it, or somehow um, almost let the air out of the scene in a weird way. It's a really dangerous choice, but somehow they they generally pull it off. Um, again, I'd say like I wish I could have stayed with the action, but they needed to say they you know in the writers' room they figured okay shit we got to bring him in and we got to we got to establish this momentum um, and include him in the in the plot. And this is one of our uh, boss and I will lament uh, in certain places when they, f- when they decided to fracture the team at AFC, like put Keely in her own place, just makes it harder to keep her in the main plot line. Like that's, that that's what you feel sometimes uh, can be, can be a, a, some fallout from the decision-making. Um, Tarna's options. We say, uh, Nate says Collins open. Oh, a nifty move finds a bumper catch. The Swiss crosses to the far post, and uh, we're watching this happen in real time. It was nice to see a no-look pass from Jamie. You know, Jamie's got some sweet feet in this. Um, no-look pass, the bummer crotch. Uh, bummer catch. Did I said bummer crotch? <laughs> nice. <laughs> he's, the, he's the fittest uh, person on the team. Bummer nice. catch. Bummer catch. Um, and uh, Swiss crosses to the far post. Uh, all right, all right. Are, Nate, sorry, like are fist. you not mad about the yeah, yeah. the Swiss crosses? That that because our flag is a uh, is a plus. It's like a cross. Oh, the Swiss cross, like a to the oh. far post. Nice. I, I when I, I missed that. when I when I was watching when I actually was reading through, I was like, oh, probably Castleton's going to hate that wordplay. The Swiss crosses. Yeah. Wow, I missed that. That's uh, it's wow. it's because do you know what the best thing about Switzerland is? Yeah, I'm not really sure, but their flag is a big plus. I don't like anything. About and I'm that. off the podcast now. <laughs> now I'm done. 
I'm not, you're not going to hear from me for the rest of the time. Goodbye, everybody. Nope. Nope. You go, go to the penalty box and feel shame. Um, I can do yeah. one of those. Uh, <laughs> um okay so what we see in this scene base oh so what happens uh nate somewhere says colin's open and jamie sees that colin is open but he makes the extra pass to make the extra pass to get it like a wide open colin um and hughes scores a couple now, r- real yeah. quick coach on a st- just sort of like looking at the strategy piece We've spent a lot of time acknowledging what Nate sees in terms of the field and his strategic um, yes. acumen, let's call it. Yes. And I thought it was significant to show that, oh, but when you're playing total football, it's another level. Like even the wonder kid doesn't see it because you can't see it like that it, it's all in the flow so i thought it was a great way of like highlighting again just that total football is um such a next level place to be if you can get there absolutely no question and and uh, very well said coach and also um they want to make sure that we get this point so the welshman fires the greyhounds into the lead the commanding header the match has barely begun arlo says um and uh, Chris says that goal was all down to Tart. He's seeing two passes ahead, which is exactly total football means even the wonder kid doesn't see whatever. Um, Barlow agrees. Brilliant play indeed from the unsinkable Jamie Tart. Um, I love that it's Colin, by the way, that puts him up. And listen, this is a this is a backbreaker. And from in soccer terms, in the eleventh or twelfth minute or whenever they score to go up one nil, like. Um, the former U.S. Uh, women's football team coach. Um, that's this great interview with her where she, I didn't know she did this while all the years where she was the coach, but she prioritized getting the first goal and getting it early. And the U.S. back in that in those days had a, um, had a knack for like, you know, scoring in the first five minutes. She, oh, apparently, wow. she did this whole, this, she did like a coach Bishop level diagramming to be like, I don't care I want the full – if you expend 90% of your energy in the first five to get, to get the first goal, goal, it puts everybody on there. Because so, in soccer, in football, you know, mm-hmm. like a, a mm-hmm. world football, not American football, right. one nil, you can win. That's it. You can then play defense. and ch- It changes the game. It's a huge advantage to be up a, up a goal. Um, so anyway, it really in – the, in, the, in the scope of this, uh, it's uh, amazing. I love that it's Colin who, you know, while Nate is watching – you know, you're just a you're a painter. You had a bloodstain. Um, this is the person that does it. Um, everybody goes crazy. A goal at this tier and this level is such a huge thing. Obviously, Rebecca and everybody freaks out. And boss, what's going on in the stands with um, Higgins and Rebecca and Keeley? They all seem to be loving it, uh, unless I'm thinking of a different scene. No, no, they love it. But, but then specifically, I, I think. Coach is pointing to uh, Higgy Higgins, who is uh, in true sports fan style. I mean, there's nothing like the insanity of sports fans not moving, lest he disturb the universe yeah. <laughs> and cause something yep. bad to happen. And I promise you, the number of times I have switched TVs, switched chairs in my house, changed my shirt at a halftime, like it is pure insanity 
but it is so much a part of sports fandom. It is crazy. It is so and we really oh, should. I wonder if we can yes. explore. Yeah, we got to explore this in some way. It is so crazy. It's are you out of your mind? You're not in the like, what? but it's still people do it. Like, oh, oh my, my god, god. I always I, wear these underwear when I mean, but it's this is um. I turned on. Bull, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead no, no saying no. Bull Durham. They say like you never mess with a winning streak. If you think you're winning because you're wearing women's underwear or you're not wearing women's underwear, then you are. And you should know that, you know, like, it's like, that's it. Like it's, if again, we talk about the mental game, it just does not get enough credit how important it is to have your, your, you know, mentally sound and invested in the game with your mind before your body can do all the things you need to do to win. I'm going to bring up a painful memory, but not to, to be mean or bring up a painful memory, but the, the uh, Boston Bruins and I should preface this by saying that uh, hockey. Well, that's and- all the time we have, folks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, this the day N- flew by. Right, right. The, uh, N- the, coach, the NHL, I know almost me? nothing about, but I, in absolute solidarity with Coach, he loves the Boston Bruins. They were, and I started tracking them like reports of like this amazing season. And so it's it's the playoffs now, and there it's a, it's a huge game. And I decide I'm going to support coach and watch. And they go down, but immediately, like very much like this game. And I promise you, I turned it off and I texted coach and I apologized. And I said that I'm not going to watch anymore. And I'm really sorry, but I've got your back. That is a thing. That, so yeah, you, not, you, it was your fault. Right. You no, watched hockey for the first time. Yeah. Obviously yeah. it was my fault. It was the first time I'd watched all season and everything started falling apart. And I, like, in a panic, turned it off. Like, I am so sorry. And so, yeah, it's it's insane. Boss is just shaking her head like, wow, boys. Boys are dumb. <laughs> I mean. Basically. Not all boys, Not boss. all boys. No. <laughs> so, some of them grow up and appreciate figure skating. Thank you. Yeah. Me, me, I fucking love figure skating. Yeah, I actually, that, that seems like if I were like, oh, yeah, and no. some men like gymnastics, and you're like, yeah, fucking Simone Biles is out of her I goddamn mind. Like, have you seen the shit she does? <laughs> I, I, I can't do a cartwheel, so to me, Simone Biles is basically oh god, like what the hell? A few she's few not, years ago, one of my nieces was learning how to do somersaults, and she was at the age where she was like, you do it too. I like three or four. Like, you do a somersault. I'm like, girl. I love you so much. I physically cannot. I will get stars. I will pass out. I cannot do a somersault. I am Not old. At all. <laughs> That's adorable. Um, so Higgins doesn't want to move. I'll celebrate when the final whistle is blown. I don't want to move and jinx it. Okay. Uh, oh, we liked this on the rapid reaction. I like it again. Rebecca goes, okay. Like she gets it now. She's like, right. Okay. Yeah. Like this is the person you. who sat smugly smiling as the crowd turned on the team. Now, by the way, screaming like a lunatic from the owner's box. Right. Yes, exactly right. Um, uh, I love there's a lot of celebrating um, uh, with Coach and Beard. Um, and, of course, a lot of, like, grumpiness from the, uh, you know, the fans. Uh, the the place in the crown anchor goes crazy. May is kissing people. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, it's 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 appropriately a big moment. Um, before uh, Higgins says, um, "I don't even jinx it," and I like where Rebecca just accepts it. Okay, so um, moving on, we get a, a shot of Coach Beard watching, and then an insert of Pep 
and we see Pep is doing something. Now, this fucking... Uh, I don't understand what these coaches, what they're... The, the, Arlo says, with the great Pep Guardiola at the controls, rest assured the city won't be quaking in their boots. And we see Pep start to point, but, 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 just like Nate did with West Ham, right? He is making a change. Yeah, yeah. And Ted, Ted says... What, what what does he say here, Coach? This this makes me. What's this sharp? Uh, what's this sharp dressed son of a gun cooking up? Got cooking down, huh? Right, and they both go eh. like, "Oh well," and they don't make any changes. They're just like, "Now, I'm like, wait, what the fuck?" No, no, I get. So I'm with you, and you have kind of brought me over to. There's some moments where, yeah, I think I would be a little bit more like, "No, no, no, we can't just not know what he's doing." Like, we got to watch what's happening. Like, you got to know what he's doing. Like, yeah, you yeah. might have a right. You might think total football will handle it. But yeah, like, why is he putting that person in a lot of speed? Whatever. Yeah. But I do think in this case, it is because total football. I think, like, we're not changing anything. Like, whatever you do, we're just going to keep playing. And we're, we're down one man. What do we change? Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. nothing. So I think yeah. that's a little yep. bit of this one. But you've got a point on that. There have been a few instances where. Yeah, we need a little I, more coaching out of the coach. I was just like, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting like flashbacks. I'm like, wait a sec, whoa, whoa, whoa. At least no, whatever. It makes me crazy. Uh, Chris says, you know, Pep will make the right adjustments. He always does. Hold on tight. All right, here we go. Um, so that's fine. Um, it's it's kind of interesting how they how they sort of feature Pep. Um, but yeah, uh, here we go. Uh, Ted says, um, and we fast forward a little bit. A little time cut. Halftime approaches, and the Premier League title remains undecided. Um, Jamie Tart's hometown fans are still letting him have it. He's he is just like there's just they're just tracking Jamie now, and he's doing spin moves. He's got top control, what they call on the ball. Um, he he is he is moving really really well. Um, but uh, there's a there's a, a tackle, and then boom, uh, halftime approaches. The Premier League title means I decided Jamie Tart's uh, hometown fans are still letting him have it. Cities continue to target Richmond's number nine, case in point, as Tart is knocked off the ball. And boom, it's a, it's a, a sort of rush the other way, and um, ca- counters in soccer are a big deal because you're out of position numerically. That's really what it is. It's a numbers game. It's like we have five people on this side of the field. They have four. And if you've seen people who can uh, pass the ball like professional soccer players can, I told you about that one game when I was a kid. This is just like uh, you know youth league where I was trying to get the ball from three guys. They're just passing in a triangle around me, and I'm running like a fool. Like it was like so whatever. But like imagine now now level that up to the best players in the whole world. If you have five guys and they have four, right. you're going to pass it to the open. Guy. It just it's like nearly right. impossible to stop uh, without some heroics. But they're coming back. Uh, quickly on the counter and um here comes city and then boom it's a pass and you know what's coming uh from david lardy on city and it's gonna be a goal right coach gotta be they got numbers right they got numbers and then um boom david lardy shoots van damme makes a terrific save i was like oh thank god like that is definitely playing against our expectations in that well, a couple of things there that I thought were really important. One is um, as much as Jamie is critical, we've watched the the rest of the team grow. So, yes, he is critical 
but he's not the only one doing great things. He didn't score that first goal. That was Colin. He didn't make this save. That was Van Damme, right? Like there other people are, have now stepped up into, you know, making plays and being great in the moments where they're needed. And I think that's important to highlight here as much as, and good Lord, I'm in love with Jamie's arc. I mean, my God, but I think it's really cool that we get to see other players perform in ways they didn't before. I mean, let us not forget that we've watched Van Dam basically like be, you know, Swiss cheese back there, you know, giving up, you know, four and five goals and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He's come down. He's come a long way. Um, thanks to thanks to Randy Dohas. Um, <laughs> so so we got this uh, uh, several inserts of Jamie trying to play up. Um, and all this a city making tart fight for every inch out there. And then he gets knocked down to the point where it's like, it, it looks like a foul. Like it looks like Jesus Christ, he's really getting bodied. And he sits on the ground and does a thing where he, um, he does a thing where he, um, uh, uh like sits wide legged legs out and, and like puts his arm out. Like he doesn't even try to get up, just holds his arm out like in complaint. Right. Which is, Coach, is that exactly what you don't want him to do? <laughs> like a hundred percent. Like you would show that as whatever happens, never do this. Yeah, yeah never do this. It, it shows. Oh, our strategy is working for a city. That's all it shows. Um, in the fan, we, we've now. By the way, I want to say that we've gotten some like really quick clips of James Tart Senior's like friends in the stands, but not him yet. Um, and so there's Bug. there's several little clips of those guys, Bug and the other dude uh, whose name we always forget. Um, and um, yeah, then we cut to the fan when Jamie's sitting down there. The the rude city fan piss off uh, back down piss off back down south, pretty boy. They they scream, tough crowd. Jamie said, tough crowd. Jamie Tart, tough crowd. Um, okay, so. The fans, they're establishing, you know, Jamie, you know, still can't believe he's getting roughed up like this, but they're establishing very clearly the fans are against Jamie at this point. Is that right, Coach? Absolutely. And not just yet against him, but also they're dismissing him. There's um recently, and when folks allow, you know, this is football season 2023, um, there's an unbelievable running back uh, in the NFL, American football, uh, named Nick Chubb. And and he's just – he's kind of a throwback kind of player. Like now, these days, like you don't have guys who run the ball all the time. But he's beautiful to watch. And if you love football, you, you got to on some level love Nick Chubb. And he was in a game at a rival, Pittsburgh, and – just catastrophic knee injury, like so ugly they didn't show the replay. And which uh, never, which never yeah, happened. I've never I, seen. I, I was stunned that they did yeah. that, and really thankful because to this day, and uh, you probably can look it up online. Though I promise you, it's truly gruesome. I still can see Joe Theismann's leg breaking, uh, the, his shin just like becoming a second knee uh, under the weight of Lawrence Taylor, and like literally, I can still see that. Um, so I really appreciated them not putting up the Nick Chubb. Everybody, everybody, thanks you for that visual, Coach. Appreciate oh, it was horrible. That. It was so ugly. Anyway, so but but, but there, you know what? Listen, this is let's just chart how even 
I would say some parts uh, – Coach and I will always say we love football. We don't love the the organization of the NFL. Right. We think it's pretty grotesque. Um, but uh, at least let's chart somehow the milestone of a modicum of decency. Because yes. in the past, when somebody's leg would break or knee yes. would go the wrong way, they would show it from every angle. Oh and God. because they know the schadenfreude and the and people, people really thrive on that sort of thing. <sighs> um, and this is the first time I remember, God, poor Nick Chubb. It, it was universal was the response because we all like, yeah. oh, this guy's a beautiful player. Like he, when he runs, it is a thing of beauty in this game. Like he is a gorgeous athlete to watch. He could play in any era of the game That's right. with all the hard nosed guys that played without, with leather helmets. He could have played with these guys. And now, you know, it, it He's he's done and he may be done for good because of this one moment and, and it makes you crazy and especially if you know the game and you know that owners skimp on on yeah, artificial that the, 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 they won't put grass fields in because they want to artificial turf is cheaper and you just go oh my god you're billionaires so it makes you crazy with all of the things that go into it uh, but anyway that's the, setting the scene and coach please continue and so the beauty the beautiful part of this horrible moment I thought was that the Pittsburgh fans chanted Chubb, 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 as they drove him off on the cart. And I right now I have goosebumps. Like I was like, yeah, that I was one of the classiest, true to the real spirit of sport and competition and what I know football to be when I go, I love it, I know, I know, CTA, I know, but I love it, I love it. That crowd in unison chanting for their absolute rival, a guy who has terrorized them, ruined yes. many a Sunday for them. Them chanting Chubb was just like, oh, my God. So this, I would point out, is like the the, the flip side of that. They're going, we don't like – pretty boy is a specific kind of insult. It's not just I hate you because you're on the other teams. Like, you're not real. You're not tough. You're not really whatever. You're worried about whether your highlights are blonde and graffiti. You're not. You're not about it. And um, yeah. So I, and I think it's significant in this episode that that's how he's regarded here. It's not just you left. It's you left to be on a reality show. Like, psh, get the fuck out of here. I got to spend a, a wonderful uh, several several months in Pittsburgh when I was shooting a project, and um, got to go to a bunch of Steelers games. And oh my god, like I just love the Steelers fans. I grew up a, a Patriots fan from the, being from this neck of the woods, but they're some of the best fan. You know, it's funny because we could talk forever about um, the difference between you're in Pennsylvania. Um, and talk about how the Steelers fans are as opposed to how the Eagles fans are. And I know I, I have no problem. I have no problem with the Eagles fans either, but I know a lot of people do. Um, but it's, uh, you know, boss is looking at me like you're crazy. Um, worst, I'm, worst. Not, I'm not going to attack a whole fan. Base. I I'm love Philly so much. I have a close friend that lives there. I have been many times. I understand the passion, some of the shit that they do. And I mean, shit in that case is absolutely unacceptable. Not all of them. They used to have a jail in the stadium. Like, that's yeah. very telling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all stadiums have jails. I don't know. Do they really? That. I think now they do. They oh, do. Well, I, thought, I don't know I if they have, I don't know they have a, like, old school sheriffy, like, jail jail. But they definitely have security areas. Well, I, I just stadium. feel like yeah. if they had their own court system down there, I would understand. If they were like, you were in, <laughs> you were in Eagles jail. You you did something bad at the Eagles. 
there's that. Come on. Well, for our, for our international listeners, like they they have a reputation of being the worst um, up there with uh, Oakland Raiders fans, and uh, and maybe I I would put Patriots fans up there with them too. But like the Eagles fans, like threw snowballs at Santa Claus. Yeah, that's famously. Yeah, famously, famously like they they are. They are a rare breed, but the Steelers fans, I will say from experience, some of the best fans in the world and, and, and them chanting Chubb for, for their arch rival there uh, is fantastic. In the case of Richmond, you're talking about if you have the ability, if you're a great player and you go into a hostile environment, um, it's okay to be the focal point. You're going to be the focal point. I promise you that the horrific shit that, Fans had yelled at Nick Chubb every single time he played in Heinz Field. Wait, is it called Heinz Field anymore? It might be changed. Now. It's changed, but I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so right, he uh, so all they they have they have tried to get into his head and play the mental game with him. This is why you have crowd noise. This is why all of these other factors that play in weather. Uh, can you play in the cold? You know things like that. Every single thing that contributes to the mental game, it's all fine. If you're a iconic player, even if you're Simone Biles and you play in a sport where it's like individual, you still have to keep your head straight. Like she had to leave the sport because she couldn't get her head straight and she's the best ever. But like she's so far better than everybody else that ever did it. It's, it's like a joke. So even when you're the top tippity top of any sport, the mental game is absolutely um, essential. And what you can't do if you are the focal point is let the fans know, localize on me, and I, and then help me help bring me down, which is Jamie. So he's doing everything wrong right now. Um, he's playing great. He's a great player. He he's got all the moves. He's got all the all the uh, the sort of uh, ability on the field. The skill is not in doubt. It is where is his head here in the sixty fifth minute? Okay, so um, Arliss is tough crowd. Jamie Carr tough crowd. Uh, since uh, Richmond's goal, it's only been one-way traffic. Coach, can you pick it up here and uh, talk about like what Arlo is saying? City asking uh, plenty of questions, but so far Richmond are not listening. So that's definitely saying that they're, 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 they've got pressure on them, but Richmond's standing up to it. Oh, a sliver of space for De Velarde. Uh Is this the equalizer? So here we go. They're coming down again. No, a swashbuckling save by the masked Canadian. So Van Dam makes Van Dam. Van Dam, he's been good today, says Chris, which made me chuckle beside like despite myself. Like it was like a, a dad joke that lands that you're like, damn it, you got me. So I I did chuckle, but that was pretty bad. Van Dam, he's been that, good today. That was a good save. And the thing is there. They're really playing against like usually if you're going to set up a play, you don't. They don't show a lot of saves, right? They don't have the air, the time in yeah, the show yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're shooting this, right? If coach like think about what your producer would say if this was you behind the camera, right? <laughs> They'd be crazy? like, dude, you don't have time to show saves. Yeah, let's like, go. Like we're, we're not conditioned four, that way as viewers. Boom, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's really, really good because not only do you see that they cut into the crown and anchor and you see Baz like kind of freak out, like, and clap and say, it's like, yes, like, come on. Like, because you get so tense as a fan because <laughs> you can feel it. And you're like, mm-hmm. this one moment, oh my God, if it goes the wrong, your heart is in your throat. And you get a beautiful save like that. And you're like, oh my God. It's just, it just, so, so like your breath comes back into your body. I wonder if character-wise, I mean, we obviously we have fun with the mask and there'll be more fun with the mask. I wonder if character-wise, 
Randy Doahas did Van Damme a weird kind of favor, which is like, yeah, this is fun, but it ain't just fun. Like, and because there's a fired up quality to Van Damme in goal. Like when he when he saves it, he's not just like, oh, fantastic, nice try, guys. He's like screaming and like flexing and like he is fired up. And um, I wonder if in a bizarre way that moment also took him up a level in terms of his play, like what he's bringing to it. So you're saying that Randy Dohas worked where Led Tasso did not. But this was the version of that that he yeah. needed. That, that Led Tasso yeah. just confused the shit out of everybody and made him not understand what they're supposed to be doing. But Randy Dohas, yeah, and maybe that's it. Maybe she's she, she's softening me up to the body for the headshot. That's I'm trying. Soon, I'm trying to. It. I'm trying it. to be gentle it. in the destruction. Um, <laughs> no, but actually, I think that that there is something about having a coach. You need them to believe in you and believe that you are going to do your best and that you are going to whatever it is that you are reaching for. You are going to succeed, and you need an adversary to kick your ass into doing better. And so having that from Ted doesn't make any sense because Ted is supposed to tell him that he could do anything. And Randy is supposed Mm. to say, I will beat the shit out of you if you try that. Right. Also, although it's annoying, it's also kind of safe. I mean, and we obviously talked about the lead tassel thing and, and I, and I get why it bothered bothered the two of you specifically, uh, but people generally, but there's something about the pretending of it that makes it like, oh, but you're not really like there are coaches who are lunatics like that. But, and you really fear them because they really are lunatics. But if you know Ted, you're like, I don't know what this is, which is essentially what Jamie ends up saying in that scene. Um, but 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 no, Randy Dohas took that off your face like he wasn't joking around. Yeah, it no. wasn't like not shaking your hand before the no. game kind of wink wink like he meant he it. took you out yeah he meant that shit. yeah because yeah. because ted was putting on that facade even though he pretended at the end he was like oh what happened mm-hmm. but he was intentionally yeah, right. doing that danny was like no this is this is about mexico now so when we go back right. we are not friends i so it works for him yeah listen you make a good point i mean uh he is uh we talk about we, we talk about good boys a lot in the show. Like uh, Van Dam in general, it feels like a good, like a pretty good boy. Like he's a sweetheart. But now, for the first time since the international break, he's got a little Guadalajara about him, right? He's yeah, got a yeah, little edge, yeah, right, exactly. Something that. he didn't have before. Like I don't know if we can frame it like he did, like he did me a favor. I don't know. I don't know if we can get that far, but we know he is a change. There has been a metamorphosis of some kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And go ahead, boss. Wait, well, it just that it, Danny wasn't doing that for Van Dam, but Van Dam did benefit from it. He wasn't. He wasn't like, right, "Hey, right, I'm gonna yes, right, Van Dam. Yes, I'm gonna right. I'm gonna jack you up, and we're gonna be awesome together." No, he was like, "I'm gonna go play for my country. I'm gonna go play for home. And when I do that, I am not fucking around. I, maybe it is a game for him when he's playing internationally because, like, fuck England. Who cares? But when he goes home, he's gonna show up." That's interesting. That's interesting. 
there is something so as as a soccer fan, international uh, football fan. Um, listen, it goes with every sport. There, there sports have there are liabilities in in many team sports. I won't say all of them, but in certain in certain places, if you got a if you play volleyball and you got a guy that you know can't set, you're going to target that that person, man or woman, right? You're gonna, if you if you have a how many times have we seen football teams in the NFL and we go, God damn, if they only had a quarterback. Like they have everything else. Their defense is amazing. Their run game is amazing. Like all they need is a guy who can literally throw ten yards, and they can't. You can't find it. Um, in hockey, uh, we were just talking about the Bruins, and you'll you'll see teams that are the best teams that that in the regular season, and they run into a goalie that you cannot score on. It's one dude, right? And uh, it's very different in in uh, in hockey. The dynamic. It's so funny. It's and talk about a sport from Canada in hockey. Oh, in, in soccer, it's very common. There, there's a, a goalie I love that plays for the women's uh, national team, the Lionesses uh, uh, of, of England, and um, her name is Mary Earps. She is a absolute – she's so much fun to watch, and she gets so fired up. When she when she makes an amazing save, when she does, she's probably the best player goalie in the world right now, and she does exactly what Van – she gets fired – you see her get fired up. The team gets – you see the energy go right through the defense, right through the midfield, all the way – and they're like, yes, we have Earps and goal. If Murps is going to knock these out, we're going to win this thing. Like, they cannot put it past – it gets you so fired up. In hockey, you'll see, like, a guy take a slap shot that – going 100-plus miles an hour. And the goalie <laughs> snags it out of the air, right, and just, like, like glove save, and then he just kind of looks at it. Like blow, they blow the whistle, give it to like like nothing. They don't do. You'll never see him like let's go. Like, it's oh not a, really? It's not part of the sport. Oh no no no. It's all about like cool and calm. Nothing can't cannot phase me. Unflappable. So, oh, but but then you look at your goalie as a hockey player, and you see him do that or or her do that, and you go that gets you fired up. That's the thing that gets you fired up, which is like you know what I mean. It just depends on the sport. But if your goalie is not is letting in uh soft goals in soccer in in hockey in uh you know you name it water polo right that that happens water polo you can have guys passing perfectly you can have whatever you get a goalie a water polo goalie that's on fire at, you know you're playing against one of those teams that nobody can stop and that's it like it it just sort of changes the game so as little as we have given attention to van dam throughout the whole thing he has leveled up um, and now we're nearing the 80 minute mark. We get an insert of, of the scoreboard and had stadium. It's in the 79th minute. Um, uh, Richmond are defending their one goal lead. They, they get a corner from, um, uh, they get a corner from, uh, this is a set piece coming in from Man City. They talk about Nadura takes the corner. Uh, Van Dam races off his line to punch it out, but it gets past him. It's a couple headers, and it's going right into the open net. And then what happens, boss? Jamie flies into the goal to kick the ball back out before it crosses the line. Total right. and football. Mm-hmm. That's it. Total football. That's, that's, that's this. This is the thing. And um, what fan, fans may be uh, monosyllabic for many sports. <laughs> They may be not not the you know I always laugh about Amy Schumer saying uh, she thinks people who who watch sports have a low intellect. That's not true, but I was I know I understand the, the mentality. Um, but fans can they can they it's like a, it's a mob mentality. You know they say that one of the most dangerous things in the world is a mob. 
Right. Now you have like a focused mob that's all looking at the same thing. And the mob can can sense for whatever reason, again, we so many things we don't know about the world. It's so easy to see a player score and go, oh, we're going to get behind this player. We know what a goal looks like. Yeah, we'll cheer for the goal. But it, it's this weird nuanced thing for a player that hustles back and saves something, like sacrifices the body to save. That's a Roy Kent move. That's why Roy Kent was beloved. Because Roy yes. Kent would go the extra mile, yes. do anything he could for his team, right? Yes. And this, and people feel it; they can sense it. Even if you don't know the game, you go, "Wow!" Like this guy's landing on. The, you can have a, a first person watching football for the mm-hmm. first time and go, "Yep, I know what I saw." Somehow, humans are able to identify that. Uh, quick, quickly, I know I've mentioned this book before. I'm I'm a geek, so it's a deep. It is it is a deep dive into this piece. But there's a, a book called The Captain Class. And actually what you just described is one of the things they talk about, about this special person that's on the great teams. And there are examples they show throughout. There's a famous one of like um, Bill Russell running back and like blocking a shot. Um, for those who like NBA basketball, uh, when the when uh, LeBron came back from three, from being down 3-1 to the Warriors, there's a defensive play where he just takes off running and blocks a shot, and it just totally changed the series. And it's like, how is that possible? Come on. One block shot, but yeah, it changed the series. In real time, you knew like, oh, wow. He will do anything. He will do anything to win this series. So, yeah, I thought when Jamie when Jamie did that, the team would absolutely like lose their shit, and so would the crowd. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, everybody can feel it. You have that exactly the the, the Bruins captain uh, Patrice Bergeron just retired, and like all of us were, he was the best dude. Like he played the game the way it was supposed to be played. I'm gonna get emotional. That's how sad it is because he was like he never would leave somebody hanging out. Back. Right, he right. would he would bust his legs every single time to get back and help. He there's like a trophy they give uh, for the for the best like defensive forward. As one thing I like about hockey, you don't see this a lot in the in um in other sports but it's like they give this to, to that player the guy that like even though his whole job is a score who who also plays the whole thing and this patrice won it you know i don't know how many years but over and over and over oh, wow. he's that guy he's that guy he's the he is a roy kent in hockey and so you see this for um for jamie and as much as we love jamie and as much as we've always talked about him being an ace this is a new wrinkle in the jamie tart sort of well, well, remember when we first were learning the total football of it, Jamie just was going to be Jamie. Even his coaches never dreamt this moment. He had to say to them, like, am I going to get somebody to switch with or not? Nah? Yeah. Yes. Like, right. Even his coaches at the height of the, yes, Jamie's in the fold, never dreamt that it would be in Jamie's bag of tricks to run back and be the one who makes this save. Uh because we talked about changing the momentum and we've talked before about momentum on the show. Uh, Castleton, I've never really asked, are you a a big baseball fan? Like, are you a Red Sox fan? I I am by default. But you don't, you don't Um, like love it. No, I'll go to a game. Like I'll try to get a game. uh, I try to get to Fenway once a year if I can. Um, I try to follow the team, you know, that sort of thing. Um, It's, it's when you have as many, when you have 35 yes, kids, yes, 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 you yes. notice that, you know, you start, you start to, I, I used to watch, like I've said it many times on the podcast, like you, 
you start out when you're in your 20s or out of college or whatever, and you watch ESPN, you watch Sports Center every night, and you know every sport, and I know everything about the Celtics and the Red and Sox. And that goes away. And all the teams. And then event, you can't. Yeah, it's too much. You don't mean for it to go away. But then you just find, okay, wow, I really guess I don't watch baseball that yeah. much anymore. I guess I don't watch basketball as much. Anymore. So I love the sp- I love every sport. I love them. I, I get into it. But, yeah, not as big uh, as I, w- I was once was or would like. So to. this might not be as etched in your memory as it is in mine, but the first game of the division series in 2005, because the Red Sox won in 2004, won the World Series. Like, finally broke the curse, one one in 2004. Yeah, Curse of Bambino, yeah. Yep. And then the following year, the division series was the White Sox and the Red Sox. And the first game of that series, it, everything that I heard was how this is where the White Sox go out. Like, they cannot be the defending champs. The Red Sox are too good. And the first inning of the first game, we scored five home runs. Maybe maybe not all home runs, but, like, we we – literally we're knocking it out of the park all day. The final score ended up being 14 to two. And then we crushed you guys and we sent you home and you were sad is how I imagine it. I don't imagine uh, that. I, that probably didn't happen, but you can lie. Oh, that definitely happened. You guys, you, oh, it you, happened? You, you, oh. you guys definitely went home sad. Um, but be like, I Damn just it. remember every fucking sports talk show, every article was about how, Pretty soon the White Sox were going to – their streak was going to come to an end. Pretty soon we weren't going to be as good as everybody said that we were. But we didn't have the team. We didn't have the bench. We didn't have any of it. And then we fucking crushed you. And after that, we lost one more game for the series and won, like, won the World Series losing one game and just fucking crushed everybody. And nobody believed that we were going to do it. Everybody was talking shit about how we weren't. I swear to God – as soon as the first inning was over, I was in San Francisco visiting some friends. And as soon as that first inning was over, I was like, oh, we're going to win. Like, we're, t- we're, we're taking it. We're taking it. There's absolutely no way that we're not taking it now. So, yeah, that's my – this is um, fuck Boston for this specifically. Not as much as I say fuck Houston because for some reason I still – Fucking hate the Astros. I will never forgive them. I never. We beat them, and We're I'm still like, on. fuck the Astros. Yeah. You you thought you thought you could play against us. Fuck the Astros is my opinion. But- Just to fill folks in, because I'm sure that sounded uh, absolutely insane. There was a uh, huge cheating scandal where the, yeah. the baseball team from Houston. I mean, the details of it are, are wild. Kind of not- what matters but yeah and also kind of crazy but uh they they cheated and so they for me will for i will only ever root against them it turns out that i was right all those years that all those years when all they had done was had the nerve to lose to us in the world series and i still was going to say fuck them every time and then it turns out i was right about that so i'm fine Okay, good. Thanks for that uh, complete side set, boss. Luke, you and I will talk after the uh, podcast about just deleting that entire. <laughs> There's no need sure. for that. Yeah, you can cut so, as fuck boss. So unlike us to are, go down a side road. Yeah, are are we not usually <laughs> cutting all my please, shit? Please stay on. Please stay on point, uh, boss. Yeah, what we're gonna do the 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 lost boss. Uh, 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 rants, or whatever. We'll have to do a whole episode of those. No, they're all in. They're all in, boss. Um, 
Okay, now Jamie does this. He sacrifices the body. Oh, by the way, there's this moment in in the ALCS at one point. I forget what it was, what year it was, but it's one of my. Fa- I love ba- I love baseball, but I don't follow it as much as I used to. But I remember there was this moment. I've talked about it on the podcast where you talk about like key players and key moments, and I remember like the Red Sox were like at their. They were gonna if they lost this game, they were gonna lose, and they're so they're p- sending their whole pitching staff out. So even the starters, like you have you have starters and you have relievers and you have closers. But like it was I forget that now I completely forget all the all, everything that was in, involved in it. But it was basically like if we lose this route. And so like in the seventh inning, they send out one of their, <laughs> the person who was the best pitcher in the world at the time. And I still in my head it was Pedro Martinez was his name. And I remember him walking out from from uh, the bullpen as like a reliever. And I was like, oh, my I still get chills thinking about it. And in my head, I play like music that didn't play in the, in the at that moment but it was so powerful that i like made music happen in my head um so yes i totally get that and um um now baseball is also everyone keeps telling me to go back to baseball everyone's like you got to check it out they changed the rules it's faster it's more fun um so i just gotta i gotta i don't know we'll, we'll figure out how to how to work it in but it's not been good recently um but it also, uh, that it, it, the the starter closing the game happened in the third game of the ALCS in 2005. It was the White Sox and the Angels, and the game lasted four hours and like 16 innings. And it, it John Garland started because I had a crush on him, and it ended with uh, Mark Burley. Closing. Mark Burley is like the oh, Mark Burley's the, the guy. guy. You, yeah, you always talk about Mark Burley yeah, is the best, like yeah. the best pitcher on that rotation. Started every series, like fucking phenomenal. Also super fast. His games were like two hours and he was out. He was not fucking around. And he had to throw the last pitch because they had gone through every pitcher in the bullpen. They're like, fucking call up Mark because he's not he's not pitching tomorrow. So let's get him out here to close out the game. Four hours. I went to bed. I couldn't even stay up the whole time. That it, it is amazing. Like some some sports, you, the coaching doesn't play as much. Like sometimes, it's like um, it's funny. I was watching the U.S. Open recently, um, the Coco Golf one, and I'm looking up at her at her team in the stands. Um, and it's, you know, it's just a different thing. The coaches coaches aren't even on the on the court with them. They they're up in the stands, and um, it was the funniest thing watching watching her coach die every time she made like a. She was so good, um, but. Her coach is like a dad. Like you see him close his eyes and like feel pain. <laughs> like, um, so you know it's just an amazing thing. But like with baseball managers in baseball, like you are, it is a chess match. You're like, okay, we got a left-handed pitcher. I mean, a left-handed batter coming up. We know we can't beat him with this right. He's going to take him downtown. We have to get a new pitcher in there, and they'll put him in for just one batter. Get this guy. Your job is to strike yeah. this guy out or get him to pop out. And then they, then another batter comes up. They put another. You go, oh yeah. my god! Like it is, it's kind of amazing if you don't know the game of baseball. It's, it's, it's pretty impressive. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm glad you're. Yeah, making me want to watch a little baseball. There we go. Um, and there's very little time left, so you could just catch up at the end. That's right. That's right. That's good. Um, now the the fallout from Jamie's high effort play here, boss, is what he is in a lot of pain, and there is a difference between. Uh, are you hurt or are you hurting is always a thing. Mm. And, and so I think that they are still figuring out, you can actually see one of the things I will 
absolutely give this episode credit for is that after we see Jamie make the phenomenal save where he kicks the ball back over his head, like leg high up in the air, kicks the ball, falls. Uh, Roy is psyched. Ted is super excited. Beard is worried as shit. Because again, Beard is seeing things before anybody else does. And he sees Jamie is still on the ground. He's a, he is celebrating, but Jamie is on the ground. And we need to know what the hell that is about before we do anything. Right, right. It's, yeah. Higgins is still like watching this. <laughs> like in this statue pose doesn't want to jinx I know this is crazy they sh- they keep cutting between all the different plays they cut to Jamie's uh, family and they're cutting to the coaches they're cutting to up into the stands so yeah it's it's pretty good to sort of keep everybody in the in the loop in the same place um, you mentioned and I just want to say this about Simon quickly because it stood out to me in several places but in this sequence it really stood out to me I don't know if Simon loves football generally before he met, right? Like, I don't know what, but it is clear to me, even at how close they are sitting to one another, that he is sitting here to support this woman he loves. That's his role there. He's not the one doing the main screaming at the screen. And when Jamie's down, you, I, for me, I felt the energy again of him like leaning into her, like it's, like almost it's gonna be okay, but not saying anything. And I really like that. Like I, I, don't, I don't, I'm trying to think of when I've ever seen quite that on screen, right? But but it, it, I I thought it was cool. I thought it was very uh, a nice uh, a nice nod to the the new manhood, as I've called it from time to time when we go through this. Yes, and not to time travel too much, but. There is another character in a similar situation who does not do what Simon does. He is not sitting there to watch the game with his wife. He is, you know, doing his own shit and not really paying that much attention. And we will discuss that when we get there. Yeah, no, that is a good point. Um, yeah, that's a, that is that is true about about. Um, that is true about Simon, and yeah, you don't know. I don't know if he loves football. I don't know he loves her, and um, so you get that. You get that sort of. It's it's. Uh, yeah, Georgie is has the support that she didn't get uh, from um, from that, but what toe rag and that human ball sack. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's the thing, coach, you ever, ever have an injury when you're playing uh, and boss, I'm not excluding you, but I know that you preferred managing to playing or, or in your, in the sport that of your choice was swimming, which I don't think this happens as much, but sometimes you'll play and you're like, Oh, I just sprained my ankle. Like you can feel it, but you're like, if I stop, yeah, the yeah, swelling no, no, no. will start. Yeah. Yeah. Don't take and then off your shoe. I've like, I've thought that before. Like do not yeah. take off my shoe. Yeah, that's it. You can't if you take off a shoe, you're never it's getting over. it back on. It's over. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, not that the sports I played would have led to a lot of sprained ankles, but you seem to be forgetting that I went to college at a time when women were expected to wear high heels to the bar. So I have experienced something Whoa. similar in that we're going to get another drink and forget about how I rolled my ankle in this boot before we got in here, and then tomorrow we'll figure yeah. it out. You deal with that then. Well, I 100% appreciate that. I will say I feel like I am both battling and very much a part of the patriarchy in that heels can be super, super sexy as long as we're talking about legs. Um, but I but I also find myself going, so we really 
just decided this was a thing we were going to subject women to, huh? Yeah. And, and having in the when it got addressed in the Barbie movie, yeah. I was like, yeah, that is some bullshit. Yeah, man. if it, <laughs> like, I was like, truly some bullshit. If it makes you feel any better, I still do the same thing. Like I have shoes that I cannot wear. I have a pair of shoes that I referred to once as my Rebecca Welton heels. I literally mm. cannot walk in them. I cannot walk wow. down the street in them. But I have them in my closet because they are pretty. And I look at them sometimes and I never put I them on my that. feet. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I just... Uh, you're the best boss. Um, okay, uh, it's just so funny. I have I have them because they're pretty, and that's it. Um, I I uh, there's a beat. We were watching a game last night. Um, uh, we had to s- sort of shift our our recording schedule for one night, and it meant Coach and I got to watch a, a football game. And during the game, um, this player that is beloved, his name is Debo Samuel. And if you love football, you love Debo Samuel. If you don't like Debo Samuel, I don't want to know you. I don't want to know you. Don't want to don't. Don't come knocking on my door. Um, I just love him. And at the end of this run, he gets tackled. And then he drives for six more yards, fighting off three, four guys. He's such a, oh, my God, he's so beautiful. Anyway, he's got the heart of a lion. And then he falls down and immediately grabs his ribs. And we go, ah, like everybody on our in our league watching together, all the friends, we're all talking. We're like, no, no, no. Like, we don't have this guy on our team. Some of us are not, uh, you know, people are not Niners fans. He's a place for the 49ers in San Francisco. Doesn't matter. When you see a player that's beautiful, you do not want to see them get hurt. And there's this thing where we start going, okay, you get this this sideline reporter thing where we're like, okay, we saw him grab this. Coach is like, was his clavicle? If it's his clavicle, that's, we know how many weeks that is. Like, no, no, if it's just, if it's his ribs, then it's pain tolerance and he'll be back in two weeks with a cortisone shot. Like, we've seen this happen so many times. And about, a couple minutes later, he kind of hops up and goes to the medical tent. He stands up and kind of walks it off. And we're like, oh, my God. They take him to this blue medical tent. And one of the guys in the league is like, oh, man, he's going to be fine. Like, if he's getting up, we know Devo. He's the best. I promise you, two minutes from now, he's going to catch a 40-yard touchdown. Because we were just saying, oh, he's probably out six weeks. Like, for that type of injury, we're all speculating. And it wasn't two minutes, but literally five minutes later, he gets back in the game. I can't believe this. And he catches a 40-yard touchdown. And we're just losing our minds going, oh, my God. But it's that thing where you, the again, another thing Ted Lasso gets right. Jamie's down in the goal. He's writhing a little bit. Everybody goes, holy shit. Everybody stops. The air comes out of the crowd collectively because they know we cannot play without this player. He is the – they don't play to him. They play through him, Right. And he is the maestro of AFC Richmond. So then when he gets up, this huge, huge sigh of relief goes through everybody, fan, friend and foe alike, right? Because you don't want to see – if you're a true lover of sport, you don't want to win that way. You don't want to see someone get hurt. I don't care if it's your biggest enemy, the ally Nick Chubb. You want everyone to stay healthy. Um, humans are not uh, you know, psychopaths when we're talking about sports. They, they don't want that um, by and large. And so you breathe a sigh of relief. He gets up. Jamie starts running back to uh, get back in the play. And then he goes down again. And this is way worse than if he had stayed down 
because you go, right, coach? Coach is nodding. You cannot yeah. see everybody. You cannot yeah. see him nodding. He's nodding as yeah. far as his neck uh, yeah. will go. Because <laughs> that's when you coach. go, oh, he, 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 he already did the thing where you tell yourself, all right, that's fine. I can walk this off. He already did that part. So if he goes back down, he is injured now. Like we, like he is officially is hurt versus hurting that whole thing. And so, yeah, I thought now I also, in the context of what you said about the crowd, I think it was significant that um, our guy who's been doing like the main jeering, by the way, there's something I hadn't thought about before, but the show does a good job in a way that's believable because it could suck of picking a person in the crowd when the crowd's reaction is going to be significant to the storyline. You know, we had this with the Colin thing with, you know, um, with Isaac going nuts, picking someone in the crowd and really making them the voice of the chorus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You do a really good job of that. And I hadn't really thought about how many times they've done it well. But anyway, he says, get up, you soft prick, which is specific. It's not good. I'm glad you fucked up your ankle. It's you. Oh, did you have a boo boo again? It's it's referring back to like, do you have it in you to right. do what it takes? And I think that's a specific thing. But yeah, when he when he went back down, I was like, oh shit. The show does such a great job. Of the sound uh, editing, everybody, the the life comes out of everybody. Keely's face is an amazing reaction. Um, great job, Juno Temple. She she just she's stunned. Higgins looks like he's catatonic. He's just looking. Without moving, and he is like, even Ted goes, "Oh fudge!" Like, yeah, that was great. Nate, uh, we cut to Nate in the Taste of Athens. He steps closer, which is not quite pushing in on him, but uh, you know, letting you know, like, oh, he's invested in this. Watching Jamie being helped off the field in the in the Crown and Anchor, Paul's like, "We're done. We're done." You know, Baz is still trying to cheer. And and Paul, uh, right. I mean, it matters that it's Paul who says we're done. Because yeah. it's like, oh, whoa, where, where, where are you going? Like, <laughs> you're our guy, man. You're the one who, like, you know, you're you're always up for whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it appears to have a go. Good news for Richmond. who can all afford to play with their star. Um, we may have spoken too soon. Chris says Arlo. Charge tried to soldier on, but now he's in some distress may require attention. So, um, yeah, we get the, the fudge. Um, we're finished. We're done. Okay, all this stuff. Now, um, okay, now it's, it's, it is a chaotic beat in what felt like order. Now there's some chaos thrown into everything, right? Even, even um, on the sidelines, the coaches are not in total football right now, because right away, what does Roy say? Well, hold on, because before that, actually, I think what you're talking about is Roberts, you're in. Yes, exactly. But I don't think we specifically called it out when Jamie was in the goal of like, just after he landed, Beard said, Robert, start warming up. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then Roy put him in. So like there was a little bit of alley-ooping for the, the two of them. And then cool. just to uh, railroad all of their alley-ooping, that's not the right word. I should use a different metaphor. It's fine. Uh, just to block it, Ted says, oh, do, uh, we're just going to give them a couple minutes. Go ahead and play with just 10 men when they're at this minute mark of this game. It's like, eh, we'll just see what happens. Give them a couple minutes. Tells the trainers to use all their tricks and heal. 
there are these, oh God, all right. There, there's so many things here, and 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 now my my brain is like truly exploding because it's like everything I love about Ted Lasso and everything I love about sports and everything I love about storytelling. I mean, it's just a lot of a lot of, a lot going on in me right now. But there are these moments where, as a coach or as a fan watching someone coach, there's a way there's a way you're supposed to handle a given situation. There's a by the book. Everybody knows if A, then you do B because C, and that's how it works. And that's what you do. And in a way, Beard and and uh, Beard and Roy, they're doing the thing. Guys down. Obviously can't go. We know who his backup is. Go warm up, right? Because he's got his head in the game, so he's not going to, like, sit there and worry about the ankle. Like, his job is to make sure the team's good to go. Get in there from Roy because, yeah, that's the next move. But then the coach, and I think great coaches have moments like this where they're like, no, we're absolutely not going to do the by-the-book thing. And um, I'm, I'm seriously doing – I'm like Mr. Sports Century here today. I don't know what my problem is. But anyway – there's a great moment in baseball. <laughs> and there was another time in 1978. I don't know my problem is today. But anyway, but there's this great moment in baseball. It's the World Series. Uh, for, for anyone who's unfamiliar, that's uh, Major League Baseball, big championship. They call it the World Series because Americans are totally arrogant. And so... Um, yes, sir. It's nope. completely... No notes. Completely ridiculous. But anyway, World Series... And Tommy Lasorda, legendary uh, manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's, you know, end of the game. They need to score. Got to do it. And he had a great player named Kirk Gibson, but Kirk Gibson was beyond injured. And he decides he's going to pinch hit, essentially substitute Kirk Gibson into the game, which is nuts. It is borderline stupid. Like you just go, what? So Kirk Gibson, who can barely, it, it it's painful to watch him walk yeah. to home yep. plate. Like, I'm like what? what's happened? And I remember exactly where I was. Like I could take you to the exact spot where I was in the world when this happened. Oh yeah. And Kirk Gibson gets up there, pitch, pitch, he's whatever. And then he gets this slider from Dennis Eckersley because again, Something's wrong with my brain. I can't remember where my yep. keys are, but I remember that. He gets a slider <laughs> for Dennis Eckersley that he absolutely crushes for a home run. It's like one of the great like sports moments I've ever witnessed. It's up there with like Miracle on Ice and like, like just these moments you go, what did I just and- watch? And it must have taken him a half hour to round the bases. He was so injured. Yes. And he's like, and Eck, is, is Eck, like Eck is like in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, no, no. Like, Dennis Eckersley like, is like, a great pitcher. Like, it wasn't like he <laughs> yeah. went up to the face of Bub. Like, yeah, Dennis Eckersley was amazing. And he crushes <laughs> this home run. And it's just, and why in the world Tommy Lasorda made that choice and knew, nope, we're not going to do the by the book thing. I know my guy. I know the situation. And that's the call. It's, it's just, it's it's the magic stuff. It's like when you really are dialed in, and Ted is as dialed in as 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 manager as he has ever been at this point. 
Yeah. Uh, and this is why number four is decisiveness. I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> the more you look at this, you're just proving the, my no, point. No, no, you're, 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 no, no, I've, I've been it thinking It doesn't about fit that in with you. the ethos. It doesn't fit in with the mentality because it does, instead of being total football, we're all equal, it requires someone to be in One charge. person yeah. has to make the fucking call. Which, which he absolutely does because it's not like he's like, no, bring it in, guys. I'm thinking that maybe we can like give Jamie a chance to get better. He's like, no, Roberts, don't go in. Hold on. Like he, yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. You're right. If you, if we, if we go do and do a decisiveness pass, through Ted Lasso, yeah. how many times people suggest one thing and he does another just because of his gut? Yeah. And why that changes the entire thing yeah. for everybody? Yeah. Um, I think people will be, will, will be shocked. Starting with um, taking the job, by the way. Like, truly, yeah. every man, like, it's true. You're right. I mean, it's, it's yeah. You're on, you're on to something there, Coach. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. Um, okay, hold on. Hey, uh, don't, don't, don't hop out there quite yet. Um, Coach, we're a man down. Uh, coach, um, uh, we're playing uh, Man City. Uh, uh, point of order. Uh, that's Pep over the. That's a, the best coach on the planet. Like we all aspire to be him, and right. he's got better players than us. And we're holding on by the skin. Our Van Dam is stretching his obliques past where they should go to barely keep us in this game. And what were you, you say? We'll say what there, Coach? Just we're gonna, we're gonna, hit, uh, hit me up again with. We're the, gonna play Man Dam. We're gonna just, yeah. We're gonna just give them. All the advantages. I, I, this is oh God. This is done so well. This is exactly how it works. Boss, walk us through this little a little interaction. Ted walks over to Jamie, and what do they say? This is coach. You want to play with ten men? Heck yeah! We're just going to wait and see. Just do me a little favor. Use all your tricks. Heal him. He's going to be fine. There's a lot of back and forth. I think at one point we cut into uh, Taste of Athens, where Nate is obviously freaked out. It, as he should be, since he is so related to the team at this stage of his career. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's so it's so good because exactly what you're saying, boss. Ted walks back. He's like, uh, he asked Jamie, "Hey, are you gonna, yeah, are you gonna, gonna like, be yeah, able to do it?" Uh, no, yeah, he doesn't know. He he, 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 he th- like he wants to say yeah, but like when you're again, you can see it. The, the uh, opening opening uh, week of football uh, in, in the NFL. Everybody, this is 2023 for people listening to this in the, in the future. Um, that we're talking about the past now, but uh, Aaron Rodgers leaves his storied Green Bay Packers franchise, goes to the New York Jets, runs out holding the American flag. Uh, it, it, all the lights are on him, whatever. And I know people hate Aaron Rodgers. I, I, uh, I, I, I do not. I, I will say that, like, I, I he is a legend in the sport and, and, the things that he processes at the quarterback position, I, I almost think he might be in a league league of his own, the way he does it. Like there may be nobody that processes information in the way that he does uh, as quickly as he does. Tom Brady, maybe the two of them, like anyway, it's very, very hard to do what he does. And he goes back to drop. Did he even throw a pass coach? Was it his, he dropped back for his first pass? I maybe. So he got, yeah, that was, was going to be his first pass. Yeah. Four, four plays he, into the entire he, game. Say that again, coach. Four plays into the Col- Four yeah, into, into his time. season, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And everybody's everybody has not everybody, but people have picked the Jets to go all the way. It's, he's in green for the first time, like new new uniform. I mean, it's like crazy. And he like four plays and tears his Achilles tendon and sits down and just sits. And you're like, okay, this is why is he sitting? Like, 
and he knew. Like yeah. he he knew yeah, after he yeah he tried to walk and he was like uh, crap. Nope, just, that was it and that was and, and to his credit there wasn't any whining or complaining he took he took it like a warrior I was like oh my god I, I would have I'm I'm devastated now thinking about it and I didn't tear my Achilles tendon like the 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 weight of what this guy would have done the the stories that were going to come out of this see we always talk about how sports are a melodrama for for you know for we say men but they're really for everybody. Um, uh, it, there was so much that was going to happen this season that was going to be iconic, and it all went up in a puff of smoke. Jamie is not there. Jamie is going. I think maybe like I could like this type of pain. Have either of you ever had like a high ankle sprain? Or... Not a high ankle sprain, but I I severe, I very severely uh, sprained an ankle in high school basketball. And the next night, this is a true story. The next night, I had to do what was my senior project in high school, which was. Uh, a solo show. So I was going to be on stage for 45 minutes and I basically totally unhealthy. Don't do it. Don't let your kids do it. I basically froze my ankle. Like, you know, they're like, Oh, ice it 20 minutes on 20 minutes off. I kept ice on it overnight. Any moment that it felt to me, like I wasn't feeling the uncomfortableness of the cold. I would go get more ice and you can watch in the show, which I found video of uh, recently. Uh, you can watch me start to limp about 30 minutes into the show. If you know to look for it, you can see where my, my ankle has now started to thaw. Oh, God. And I'm like, oh, shit. But yeah, it's like, oh, when your ankle Orlando's, hurts. Orlando's strutting now. Yeah, yeah. No, I was not strutting. I was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> but yeah, no. When, when your ankle hurts, it seems like, oh, it's, no. It, I mean, when you really injure your ankle, it is that is rough. That is rough. And the pain shoots up your leg. Yes, it is. A, it yes. is, it, it is yes. misery. Absolute misery. I've managed to and, never have a significant injury. I've never broken a bone. I've never had any major surgeries. I've never had any bad sprains. I prefer a low level of like nearly constantly bruised legs because I bumped into a table a little bit too hard. <laughs> like I bruised like a peach. So I just have them like every like I'll wake up and I'll be like, where the <laughs> fuck did that come from? What like I do one time God. I was one time I woke up. I'd probably been drinking. Probably I woke up and I had a giant bruise on the back of my calf. And I'm like, what in the fuck did I hit that that would be bruised? That that is the place where I injured myself. And then I started like poking at it a little bit to see how bad it was, how bad it hurt. And then it wiped off because it was dirt. My leg was dirty. And I just assumed that I had bruised myself again. I was like, oh, well, at least I don't have that. So that, that's my, You're that's why I'm goddamn delight. Mm-hmm. You are a goddamn delight. Right. God, you, you brag so much about your awesome, like, body condition. It's just a lot of braggery. Oh, man. I have a thing that I want to say to you so bad, and it's going to be mean, and I'm, so, I'm not. I'm, I, later when we come back to this, I am being nice to you right now. I want you to know that. The audience, the, I'm being the, so the nice. The audience can't see or feel the, the moment of anticipation that I just brought to this podcast because that the, the, was like, oh, what's it going to be? I feel terror. What's it gonna I be? feel terror now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be bad. Um, so okay, uh, tends us to use all your tricks. This is usually where you get if you got a great trainer, you tape you can. Comp- it's all about compression. You if you can tape that ankle up, you might be able to get it to a place. So do favor. Uh, there's some miracle workers with tape and 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 some wrap. No shit. There's um, some people who can do it over a shoot, which is like another level altogether. Like football cleats or whatever. I've watched people tape 
yeah. over oh, yeah. cleats. And I'm like, that's you're a sorcerer. What the fuck was that? Have you ever seen like a really, really good trainer? And they're like, fast. Too. A, they're fat, they rip, they fa- they rip with their fingers. It's not like they use scissors to cut that. It's like boom, bam, boom, boom. Then they know the pattern mm-hmm. and they've got it down to a science now so that you can hit all your, you know, get all your support points. Um, it really is amazing to see. Um, so Ted says we're going to give him a couple minutes. He's going to be fine. Here we go. Come on. Um, he's going to be fine. That's like, talk about magical thinking. You're like, I, uh, okay. Um, we have a, we have an overhead view of the stadium. Roy and, and, and Beard have shared now a couple of looks behind Ted's back. Like, um, oh, okay. Like it, it's borderline crazy. And as soon as we pipe right back down into the action, like you got Van Dam making kick saves now. Like he is getting peppered so fast that he's sort of off his line, diving in in miracle fucking <laughs> saves, like to try to keep this team um, in the game. Uh, and it's it is uh, it's crazy. So Ted Lasso quick, likes to quick wait, Coach. And sorry, but yes, I I really appreciated though that Ted says to the trainers, Doc. You know, I don't know their exact uh, designation, but use all your tricks, please. And and the reason I like that, I know we just talked about the tape jobs or whatever, but part of professional sports, and I think when people talk about, oh, so-and-so's got a, uh, got a torn hamstring and he's questionable. First of all, if you've never had a torn muscle, which I have, you cannot, like, that sentence is insane. Like the, the amount of pain we're talking about people tolerating. And these trainers have some injections and pills at their disposal that you are not getting at the local pharmacy. And I just, I like that there was, you know, without going too far into it, they acknowledge that like he probably shouldn't be able to get back out there. Let's see how they do with their tricks. Like that's part of the job is. Can you help this person move when they shouldn't be able to move? Yeah, no, they do. Right. They do this all the time. They talk about pain. It's cortisone shots and instant. Yeah. It's like, it's like just numb all the pain in the pain center in that area of your body. And you might do a little longer term damage, but like. Right. That's the thing. It's not like they, they, they know they're healing your ankle. (laughs) <laughs> they're just cutting no, your nasty. brain off from the pain and damage. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Numb is as good as fixed. That's what my therapist told me. That's a, that's a, t- that's funny. That's that, a that, t-shirt. That would man. suit you. Yeah. Oh my um, God. With his team facing relentless pressure, Ted Lasso is gambling with each passing second as he plays with a man down. And then we cut to taste of Athens. Derek is, doing something with his jaw. I'm like, is that because he just had snorted some Coke? I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's it's a, a cocaine thing, right? thing. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's like, I'm going to need a word, Nate in my office. Yeah. Um, I love gambling. Makes me feel alive. Chris says you should probably talk to someone about that, Chris. Um, so now we cut to, I'm like, this is again, I understand why, but I'm like, ah, get me back to the action. It's like when you, when you read a novel and it's taken from multiple characters' perspectives. Right, right, right. And you, and you get really invested in one, the chapter ends, and then you're like, you know, Marianne woke up with the downy scent of dew on her. And you're like, wait, what? what? Oh, the guy was just about to jump off. Where, where? <laughs> just get me. Uh, anyway, um, so, okay, so uh, 
coach, walk us through this scene with uh, with Nate and the the um, the amazing Derek from Taste of Athens. Right. So so we uh, uh, hello, mate. Come on in. Um, take a seat. So Nate comes in. Uh, seems that uh, we're putting away a rather dusty mirror. I'm not going to comment on what's going on there, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's been some drug use going on. Um, yep. So he's, you know, doing that whole thing and even does the, like the licking of the teeth. It's, it's actually, he really sells this. Um, and Nate says, am I getting promoted? Which I thought was cool for a couple of reasons. One, he deserves to be promoted from everything we've seen. But he has ambition. He's and he's transferred it to this new place. Um, and and I just thought, like, why would you want to get promoted here, Nate? What are we doing? But he's just like, I'm achieving, and this is the space in which I'm achieving. So, hey, am I getting promoted? Are you going to tell me what a good job I'm doing, Nate? I gotta let you go. What was it? Because I coach, was, hold on before you. Before you move on, I want to point out that it is wordplay because we talk about promotion when it comes to AFC Richmond. Uh, but also, right. this is exactly what happened with Shandy when she went in to talk to Keeley and she, when she was about to be fired, the first thing she said was, "Am I getting promoted?" Coach's jaw just dropped. I yeah, I feel. Oh my god, I I feel like usually I'm so on top of things, and it's just like. <laughs> Rapid succession of me being, you know, asleep at the wheel. Yeah. No, you're right. No, you're, no, no, not, 100% no, not right. at all. That's it's great. just they're just doing a thing. They're just yeah, doing yeah. a thing, and it's funny how they set people up. Like you go in with one expectation, mm. and it's the exact opposite. Um, sorry, keep going. No, no, it's great. So was it because I was watching telly, which you know, I guess at many a job that would be a problem. I'd be kind of shocked if here that was a problem. Anyway, he he's got that standard. Uh, Dirk tells him no. Uh, I'm not pushing desserts hard enough. Again, what? Um, that cracked that cracked me up. That's like, oh, make him try the fish. I'm not pushing the fish hard enough. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, what could it possibly be? Right. Uh, I like that it's yeah. on his radar. His internal clock is mm-hmm. like, it, it, he's like in the instant calibration he's doing to find out why he's being let go. One of the possible options is his what he's decided he should have been doing <laughs> around <laughs> right. dessert pushing. And he's like, I could see that. I could see like, is that actually because yeah, I was you're thinking right. you're right. If you're yeah, so funny. So uh no no no, it's it's nothing you've done. You're my top man. You're on time, you don't steal, you're sober, you're like my little unicorn. You know what I mean? Which I laughed out loud. I was like, what a commentary on Derek and this yeah. restaurant. And the staff, and like, wow, okay. By not stealing and being sober and showing up to work on time, you are employee of not just the month or year, but forever. You are the you are the employee ever. Yeah, wow. it's hard to find good people. Look at our boss is Emily Chambers. <laughs> right? If that doesn't make you wince, I don't okay, know. But here's the thing: traditionally, Uh-oh. employees do not hire their boss. Which means I hired you guys, and I'm extremely disappointed in everyone, including myself. Am I, am I not pushing desserts hard enough? If you have desserts that I'm not getting any, I'm going to be pissed. What kind of desserts? Then, that's, yeah, then, then the answer to that is yes. Push right, them to yeah. me. Right, right, right. Don't send me any cake. Cake is bullshit. I don't understand people who eat cake. Pie is right oh, there. Oh, we need to have... We are not we, getting into cake wow. and pie again. We are not doing it. We've done it like 14 times. <laughs> we know about the pie. 
All right. All right. So uh, you're my top man, all that unicorn. Great. Um, and it breaks my heart to say this, but Jade said, if I don't fire you, if I didn't fire you, she was going to report me to the, and then he pauses and he says, well, I can't say who, because then you know, then you'd know what I've done again. What the fuck? Like, I love, I love Dirk. I really do. Um, but, and then he puts his hands together in what feels a lot more like what you would do with handcuffs on, but okay. And he says, my hands are tied. You got to go. Um, Nate's processing. Yeah. So he, so he, so that end of that. And we're back to fans cheering. Uh, well done, coach. I want to point out again, Spencer Jones, how he just crushes this role of Derek. Like he has so much fun with it. Good Lord. It is so funny. Um, he does and- a good enough job that I feel like when I'm, if I were to meet him, when I met him, I would have to remind myself that he's not mm-hmm. Derek. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure, like I'd be like, don't leave that guy alone with the silverware because he's mm-hmm. a total cokehead. You know what I mean? Like he just, yeah. God, he embodied it. He really, he drilled this role. There's a, a thing going around Twitter right now about actors who played a we- role so well that now you look at them like you. Take another look. You're like, are you are you really creepy? Like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in Django Unchained, where people are like, oh, mm-hmm. are you really are you really an asshole like that? Um, so mm-hmm. he probably Derek is not. You're like, mm, Derek, I'm not so sure about you. Um, Seriously. Also, I don't think that we need to make this a huge discussion, but I would like to point out. I, I understand that there are differences between women who are abused by male partners and male partners who are abused by women partners and how there's a little bit of nuance that we could discuss in that. But I'm pretty sure that if Nate had gone to Jade's place of employment and said, if you don't fire her, I'm going to quit. That would be a bigger issue than this is. I understand where Jade is coming from and why she is doing what she's doing. But also this is part of the Ted Lasso ethos where it's like, I actually know better for you than you do. So I'm going to do this thing on your behalf that sometimes is not bad and sometimes is a, oh, holy shit, you can't do that. Like that's don't yeah. don't do that. That's not all right. It, 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 I, I love that you brought that up. I found myself on a rewatch thinking about it again. And I get why you're right. We say, oh, look at Jade. She knows his heart. She knows where he really wants and needs to be. Oh, wow. That's love. But you're 100% that, like, if you take it out of the context of we're in the safe bubble of some writers created this, this is weird and manipulative. Like, yeah. I mean, you could look at it that way. And and it, it relates to me to our, some, some of our stalker conversation, right? So, like, if in real life Daphne was pissed at me and I showed up outside of her house with a fucking boombox. Yes. Blasting music. Like, people would be like... Are you fucking insane? Like, what are you doing? But somehow it's the most romantic thing that's ever happened on celluloid if you hear some of us tell it. Yes. So, yeah, it it does. It's got some issues to it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Lloyd Dobler created and ruined an entire generation of men. Like, the the men that don't understand why it is that in this completely fictional way, when you get to control all of the pieces, then it is romantic. And when you do it in real life, you're like, the I broke up with you. Why are you here right now? 
Yeah, no. So I, I like that point a lot. Yes, that this is exactly what's happening. That this is one of the ways in which the beautiful Disney movie of a show that this has become cannot be applicable to real life because that's not the way that things work in real life. In real life, if any of my partners had tried to get me fired from my job, I would figure out a way of filing a police report on that for something like just for it. Right, right, one time right, I actually right. had a boyfriend who stopped by my work. I worked at a medical clinic. He came back to where he knew my desk was to bring me flowers or something. And I was like, I fucking work here. You cannot come back here without telling the person at the front desk, what the fuck is going. Do not barge into my place of employment, sir. And then we broke up. So that's fine. Um, but yeah, that's how it works in real life. In real life, it is not the same. I, I hope we get in a fight someday and then I can show up in Chicago and hold a boombox over my head and have you throw something out. That I told you specifically that does not work with yeah. me. You are stupid. Yeah. You can you can fucking try. In your eyes. You can fucking try that, but unless it's after eleven PM, the pub across the street is already blasting music at the front of my apartment. So you'll just so you blend even in. I fucking won't even know. I'll just be looking at the boombox like, why isn't this working? Yeah. My arms are getting really tired. It's so terrible. loud. Um, all right. So, uh, okay. We're back to the field. Uh, Van Damme is getting peppered. Chris, Richmond aren't playing with the keeper. They got a brick wall in front of the goal. Chris, of course, says, uh, like Drax in the Guardians of the Galaxy. No, Arlo, that's a person. I can see his arms and legs. And his hideous mask, which is which I wasn't. Is really I, I was ready to <laughs> thumbs down that line until yeah. and his hideous mask. I was like, really? Yeah. But that that was funny. Yeah, uh, it seems like only a matter of time before City equalize, and that's all they need to clinch the league title today. Now we cut to the. It, it's panic. It is panic on the Richmond sidelines among the assistant coaches. They the writing is on the proverbial wall. Everybody knows what's about to happen. You cannot fend off this many top flight goal uh goal scorers uh for very long um hey coach i i don't want jamie to play hurt beard says but we got to make a decision here the, this this was the first moment in the series i think i gotta think hard where i felt shut up beard like oh 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 i i wasn't at all i'm like oh, okay I, he's the voice he's the voice of oh, reason. No, i he's get like, it I get it, but I was like, well, you know that I, you know, raise my kids on Bishop's Play Hurt, which will benefit some therapists out there mightily. But, um, yeah, that's good. But, uh, yeah, I, I was funny. like, I what do you mean you don't want to play hurt? Like, you're a bunch like, of wimps. I was like, this is it, man. If he can get back out there, this is it. Like, I'm not going to tell you to get back out there, but I'm certainly not going to stop you from getting back out there. We need you, and if you can do it, I will have. I will admit that I once told a middle schooler the story of Michael Jordan's flu game during a timeout. That's a thing that really happened. Am I proud of it? No. Am I ashamed? Also, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not saying you should go back in, but I am saying that the greatest basketball player ever played a whole yeah. uh, finals game with the flu. Do what you want. I get it. And I will totally substitute for you. What do you think, kid? I, Am I proud? No. I feel like there's just a slight difference, though, in the extent to which he might be injured here. Because Jordan playing on with a flu, like he he knew what that meant, and he knew that he wasn't going to injure himself; it was just going to suck. This might be a little more similar to Kerry Strzok in 
I think that was the '96 oh, Olympics, maybe. Don't, yeah, don't make or me feel bad it. for cheering. It, listen, I still re- like uh, talk about goosebumps. Like fucking, I I know in That's retrospect amazing. the fact that yeah. that ruined it ended her career, like made her famous. Just in case uh, people were not paying attention to the Olympic gymnastics in 1996, Carrie Strug, the team was the women's uh, gymnastics team was down. Carrie Strug needed to land this vault. The first one, you could tell that she jerked her ankle and that something wasn't right. And she still did the second one and landed it. She was limping. Like full on limping. And then she had a wrap on her ankle. She could barely walk. And she had to sprint sprint. to do a vault as fast as she could. And then jump off it. And then fly up in the air and then land on that ankle. She landed on it and immediately her foot came up because you knew. You fucking knew that it was bad. And she put her arms out and she turned to the judges and then she fell down to the mat. She won him the gold. She fucking did it. It's iconic. I get goosebumps. I think it's amazing. It also jacked her ankle up, but fucking good and ended her career. And so I think knowing where Jamie is in his career and knowing where the team is and knowing what they might be doing, Beard seems a little more prudent here to say like, do we need him in this right now? Or can we just get Roberts in and call it a game? So I'm going to be Sam ruining the Michael uh, Jordan didn't make the JV team Mm. uh, guy for a moment. I am 95% sure. I would have to go check. It was 1996. But I would have to go check. I think they would have won the gold without it. I think, is that right? Yeah. I I think, like, ultimately someone ran the numbers and was like, yeah, Bella, uh, yeah, you just pretty much made her do that for nothing. End her career for nothing. It was still, still in the moment. We all believed that, yes. and it was absolute magic. Yes. And coach, I'm gonna I'm gonna play out of position for a moment here. I hope you'll trust me because after um, the don't play, we don't. I don't want Jamie to play hurt, but we gotta make a decision here. Roy says personally, I'm fine with them playing yeah. hurt, which I was like, yeah, yeah Roy. Yeah. But this was great. And again, like they put these little things in here that I think like do ground it a little bit and take it out of the angels in the outfield yes. kind of realm. Yes. yes. I played hurt all the time. So oh, it's a, it's a little bit of a yeah. like, hey, I, I my parents beat me and I turned out fine. It's got yes. that vibe to it. And Beard rightly says, you can't walk upstairs, yeah. which we know yeah. is true. We have watched this man slap his knee back into position. And so all of it is true. Like if he hadn't been the kind of guy who plays hurt, he wouldn't be Roy fucking Kent. But also he can't walk up a flight of stairs now. And having watched, I once saw Dick Buckus in LAX and watching him walk was a truly sobering thing. I mean, it's like not even a, a movie mummy moves like that. But he gets to be Dick, Dick Buckus for the rest of You know what I mean? Like, and you go, well, was it worth it? Well, I don't know. Ask him. But I didn't realize he got that banged up on the set of My Two Dads. Oh, very I, funny. Oh, That's a painful joke. And you should be banned. You're I, I, I deeply, I resent <laughs> your instinct. I don't care for you as a human being. I don't like it. I don't like anything you said. Don't smile at me, boss. My so heart boss is, is so beaming. full. She's she, beaming. Of course she is. She's, she's, as, she's as proud of herself as she's been in a long time. Yeah. 
She, was so, she loves my pain. I, I felt that joke coming. I'm like, Did I you know. Really? I know. I had no idea. I couldn't stop it. I How do right I mute her? It. I'm not allowed to mute. Oh, I'm oh, so glad you could see it great. coming. That was I great. I felt it. I felt it in my blood uh, and hated every minute of it, boss. Congratulations. Um, I will say it's not the first time we've mentioned Carrie Strug on this podcast. And um, I I remember at the end of Jerome the Bus Bettis's career, Jerome mm. Bettis, uh, one of the best, most fearsome running backs ever to play the game. I remember reading this article for his, I think it was his final season, where they said he would he didn't practice ever with the team because he was sitting. He would just sit the whole week, and then he would get up on game day, and they would probably just fill him full of methamphetamines or whatever. I don't know what, I mean, no, I'm not going to cast aspersions on him, but they basically would, you know, it was his knees and, and uh, they would probably give him cortisone shots or whatever to get him through the pain. And then he would crush people and be brilliant for this one game and then sit the rest of the, any, any heart breaks and you wonder, man, yeah, was it worth it? Who, who's to say, um, but it is a good slice of, inside baseball kind of thing this moment where it's like i played fucking hurt all the time like you know what i mean and, and it's funny because this is the i t- I talk a lot about how i played sports growing up and ha- ha generally didn't break bone a lot of bone chips a lot of little fractures a lot of like little things like that like hairline fractures all over the place all over my body but mostly soft tissue damage generally everywhere like Mm-hmm. I remember when I went to get two torn labrums still in my shoulders because uh, I remember went to get a, a pre-op for it was uh, the the doctor that does the while well, he's retired now, but he used to do the, the, the Celtics and the Patriots and those guys. And he was like, yeah, you have multiple dislocations in both shoulders. And I'm like, really? Like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't know that. Like, but he's like, I was like, how much is multiple? He's like, I don't know, 20, 30 in each shoulder. So it's like. And so then I grew up and, and I told you I, I wanted my kids to play sports and, and learned about all of teamwork and everything. And none of them are real athletes. They don't really care at all. And I'm like, you know, the, the real value of this is like they have they're not going to have any of this pain that I have. Like I have chronic pain everywhere, everywhere in my budget, so much scar tissue. Um, and was it worth I'm not even a professional. I wasn't even good. <laughs> I'm like a regular schmuck that just like put my body on the line and, and you know, like. Okay, was it worth it? I don't know. Um, so, so uh, it, it it gives me some insight to talking about uh, it, it, athletic injuries on podcasts. That's for sure. When you've experienced it, you really have a, have a, have uh, something to draw from. But um, yeah, you can't walk upstairs. It's a it's a it's hard to see that in the moment, especially as a young man full of full of uh, vim and vigor, and uh, or a young young woman. If that's the case, you know, female athletes play. Play, play here all the time. I don't want to uh, suggest it's just men, but in this case, it's Jamie making that decision or Roy talking about the decision. Um, quick, quick, uh, quick uh, offering. There's a, a piece I've done called Life is a Marathon uh, that I will uh, send uh, you the uh, link to, Coach, so you can put in the show notes. But I talk about uh, a marathon that in uh, mile eight, between eight and nine, uh, I heard pop and uh, it was a torn muscle and, and basically um, I stubbornly finished 26.2 miles. And when I took, when I went to the doctor and was explaining that I got hurt running this race, he, as I'm trying to explain him what happened, he stops me and he goes, wait a minute, you finished the race. 
And I said, yeah, like kind of like, yeah, like what the Do fuck? Do I else? look smart? Hey, <laughs> smart. <laughs> and he said, he goes, well, that took more guts than brains. And I always hold on to, yeah, that was definitely more guts than brains. <laughs> I always hold on to that as the key identifier of yeah, my, that's who I my am. being. More guts than You do have you you got you got guts, coach. That's for sure. That's that's a heavy story. It's a dark story, and I'm sure in light of that, boss's uh, stupid dick butkus joke. He, <laughs> he was on the show. I, I don't know joke. what to tell you. He played it's the guy true. that ran the diner. It's true. He was not right. good on it. I can't imagine because he wasn't an actor. But good for him. I like that he was there. I mean. Listen, he's great. Yeah. Have you ever had to make it through the line of craft services? It's not easy. Yeah, man. Listen. Yeah. Hey, did you one time we mock what we don't understand? Did you us. one time make Mr. Sear cry because of a commercial that he was in? And when you asked Mr. Sear why are you crying, he said, "No one hits like that guy anymore." Did that? Ever, did you ever do that? Because Dick Buckus did that. Mr. Sear had to cry about it. Mr. Sear cried a lot. He was funny. Don't don't egg her on. Don't <laughs> like her because of this. This is torture. All right, you know what? We're fucking done. Right. That's Bye, it. Bye, everybody. That's, this is the end of the podcast today. I, I, that's it. That's it. I, I've taken all I can take, and I can't take no more. Uh, in the words of Chunk from the Goonies. Uh, actually, this is a good place to stop because I really want to get into the... I want to open with the talk that Ted has with Jamie. Um he says, you can't walk upstairs. And Ted says, okay, let, let me go check. All right. Like we can argue about the fact you can say, shut up beard. I don't, I don't like that. And I don't like, I don't cotton to that kind of language with regard to uh, coach beard, but I will say that um, I think it's more about uh, uh, heightening stakes and, and try to make sure there's a, you're highlighting the ticking clock there, coach. Um, I think from my, like uh, uh, looking at it from just like a structural perspective, I think that's what they're doing. Rather than more of a character beat, I think it's like we got to mm-hmm. keep these amp these stakes mm-hmm. way, way, way mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gonna start next time with um, with Ted approaching Jamie on the sidelines. I wanted to finish this whole thing, and and we will do it. Uh, it's just that this is a really this is a powerful moment, and it's gonna give us the ability to start with like one of the most kick ass things that ever happens in Ted Lasso. Yeah. Um, and we're going to have a lot of fun with that before boss uh, opens up a can of whip ass and crushes all of our dreams after that. It's what you hired. Uh, me sounds for. like, uh, yeah, no, it's good. That's good. I also hear like, I'm hearing a circular saw somewhere. Who's, who's, who's got a circular saw? That was boss? over here. I don't know what's going on, but there's some serious work going on all of a sudden. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah. I don't know where. I thought I thought you were hearing uh, the jackhammering or something going on over here. We've got uh, synced up construction happening. Yeah. Look at that. There you go. It's good. The world improves all around us. Um, Coach, where do people find you if they want to find you? The Unstuck AF is the podcast. Check us out wherever you get your podcast. We have great people telling us their stories about how they've gotten unstuck, how they're getting unstuck, how they're living better lives. And uh, I learned a ton of lessons myself. I think you will too. Yeah, you needed them. Uh, <laughs> boss, what about you? Come on. <laughs> Come on now. Oh, you can find me uh, at, uh, still on Twitter. And also at Blue Sky, same handle. It's dumbly underscore chambers. Um, and now is a good time for me to mention, you can send me a message. Just like uh, listener Peggy did, 
She wanted to know what in the hell is happening with the last few episodes of season two and why she can't find them. And if you also cannot find them, it is because they do not exist yet. Uh, there are some scheduling issues. That would do it. We, we did most of two. We started three. We need to jump back. We're going to figure out what the scheduling for that is. Um, but if, if you cannot find them, you are not losing your mind. Um, and so if you want to message me about that or anything else, feel free to do that. Also, writing at the antagonist, which is antagonistblog.com. Thank you, boss. Okay. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the buttercups. I actually, there's one funny thing I, I just thought of. Um, Buttercup Christine, uh, who is the native Chicagoan, who's also an accountant. Remember her, boss? She was um, listening to our shout out. She says she's thrilled by it. She was sitting in a hotel room in Boston listening to part six of Mom City. And she says she said she wanted to do a, point, a couple points of clarification. She says, well, I am a native Chicagoan. I no longer live there. But when I did, I lived on the far south side of the oh. city. Wrigleyville might as, might as well have been any foreign, a foreign country. Great job. She Love says. that. Love the south side. She says, when I do visit my family and friends, that is not my hangout of choice. Excellent also. She says, Chicago-style hot dogs are, sa- are sacred. Poppy seed buns are a key element. I will die on that hill with yes. boss. We together mm. we will do that. I will All die right. there. Do you see that? Do you see what's happening? Because Christine strikes me as a tremendously good person, and yet when she's affiliated with yeah. you, I think I have I have a question. About oh, oh, oh! So we're gonna have to get together at the meetup, and and then I will shake my head, and and probably. I'm going to try not to be judgmental is all I'm saying. But I don't know. Haven't you watched I'm or curious read Good Omens? Chicago. Like sometimes wonderful people and terrible people team up to stop the world from ending. And also uh, David Tennant is wearing black leather pants. Come on. It's hard to beat that. I will give you that. David Tennant is pretty, pretty goddamn Ooh. great. Uh, yeah. No, it's good. It's good. All right, boss. Fine. All right, fine. I will, I will, we'll, we'll consider it a pass this time and we will thank everybody for listening. Uh, please support your local libraries and the written word, um, support the writers and actors who are on strike. Uh, God, uh, there was a, a blip of possibility uh, that this might end, um, but it looks like still, still, still a, a work in progress. So uh, thank you to everyone for joining us. Thanks for taking this journey with us. Uh, thank you for being part of our listening community. Please do the things if you, if you can't, uh, support us with money. Please try to do the things where you like and subscribe and do all those uh, silly little uh, obnoxious uh, things that they're not obnoxious. Uh, I hate mentioning them because I feel obnoxious mentioning them, but they really do help. So if you if you can help us out and say like, all right, I'm going to write a review. I'm going to you know click the subscribe button because all of these stats are monitored by the powers that be and they help us uh, uh, sort of uh, get to the next tier. And, and we're all learning together and hopefully um, getting to a better place. So thank you for all of your, your kindness and your love and your support. Keep those emails coming. Um, and until next time, we are. Are we anything? Uh, there we go. Oh, we duh. Okay. What the hell is? <laughs> no. Adios. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. The TedCast is a joint venture between Pajiba and The Antagonist. Visit us at pajiba.com and antagonistblog.com.